Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 185 of the F Reality Podcast. Get your snacks ready and strap in for a roller coaster ride of the latest VR news. We're going to be talking about Tundra smashing their Kickstarter goal with their new Steam VR trackers. The latest Steam VR hardware survey shows VR is on the rise. Ubisoft are implementing VR support in their Snowdrop game engine. Nathan will be giving you his hands-on impressions of the Sense Glove for Oculus Quest 2, and I'll be sharing my experience with an ultra-high-end headset from Vario. Jam-packed episode today. And then, of course, to round up the show, as always, Zim is going to be there to give you the latest releases to look forward to next week. But now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been the highlight of the week this week, and also let us know what your highlights are in the chat so we can read out some of those too. First up, this guy went full Wade Watts in VR this week, trying out some Ready Player One style haptic feedback gloves. It's our blonde brother from another mother. It's of course, Nathy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Thank you. And uh, yes, we will be talking about those gloves uh, later down the road, right? It's going to be uh, <laughs> Yeah. Be awesome. Any other highlights from this week? Anything else you've enjoyed, uh, played, want to share? Well... I've been I've been, I've been diving even deeper into the pancake realm with my Ooh. PlayStation Five because Ooh. I have this PlayStation subscription with all these old games called mm-hmm. PlayStation Now, and I um, I played Indiana Jones the Lego one. Wow, it's great! Yep. It's great, especially co-op is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my highlights of the games that I played was uh, Ape Escape Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I play, I I never played. Ape Escape before, and I wasn't sure what it was all about. And then I played it, and I was like, "This game actually aged quite well. It was really fun." And I, I was like, "Who came up with the idea to make a, a game in where you have to catch monkeys with different gadgets and stuff?" I was like, "This is <laughs> this is great stuff." And I then don't. you start to oh. fantasize about a VR version of this where you have to catch something. You know, with different tools. I'm like, this is cool. How does this game work? Because I I don't know <laughs> anything about it. it. I've, I've heard of oh, Ape Escape. Really? And I yeah, I nope. actually did never. never oh, I thought this. you always. I thought you were the one that played this game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So as I said, like Ape Escape. <laughs> is that I mean, an insult? I, is that a staff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you say? We say. I don't know. I don't know. I really is it a good game? You, oh, it is a good game. It is a good game. <laughs> I didn't play the first one. I just couldn't find. I was. I went straight for uh, uh, the second one. I I kind of skipped the story. To be honest, I was like this. I can't take this game serious in in that sense, but the the gameplay was really nice. So you have different levels with different kinds of monkeys that you have to catch. So you have monkeys that can run real fast. You have monkeys who can swim, monkeys that can fly, and you get different tools along the way that you have to use to catch those monkeys. And the monkeys, the be- this was this is why I was addicted to this game, not because of, of all those gadgets, but because of the fact that every time you catch a monkey, you collect it in this like pokey decks and you get information. And wait, wait, every- wait, 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 I'm calling, I'm calling you out here. I'm calling you out here because since I ran a gorilla tag event, what three months ago, two months ago, <laughs> Nathy and a group of people have been just spamming my DMs with bananas and monkeys yep. and apes, and it's it's absolutely insane. You have a problem. You need to see a doctor, my friend. Yeah. There is something. Ape, well, ape I, I do have you. to say, because of uh, you know Gorilla Attack, I started to get more interest in in ape <laughs> games. Monkey games. <laughs> I hope I hope you get one of those thematic. Okay. Have you guys ever had like he's one of those thematic to the Christmases? Zoo. You know, he's where... been spending hours in front of the gorilla cage. Like <laughs> now he's just been eating bananas all day. You know, he's just yeah. living the monkey life. Well, no, but like like have you guys ever had one of those thematic Christmases where like a grandparent or something or an uncle like knows that you like cats, so you get all cats 
stuff. I, I hope you get a Christmas that's just all ape-related things. <laughs> what we should do is, individually, we should all send him something monkey-related, like, every week. He just gets bombarded with monkey stuff. <laughs> like like one banana all the way from Canada. And, like, the little foam banana sweets that you get at, like, the, the cinema. You know, send him a bunch of those. Yeah, yeah nice. So now, you, you so your highlight of the week is uh, a flat pancake game called Ape Escape. Ape Escape too, uh, but wow. but I I want to say one thing about it. So sure. The first monkey I uh, uh, catched mm -hmm. was called uh, uh, Tomkey Cruise. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> is, is that the end of the story? <laughs> Great story, it. bro. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to our VR the, podcast. The, don't tell PD. Wait. Don't tell PD. By the way, don't, LPD, does this game have dual sense? Uh, controller no. implementation? No. No, then, I was like, I bought a PlayStation 5, and two weeks later, I'm playing Ape Escape uh, 2. Says enough about uh, the, the content. Such a new, uh, such a new yeah. I, 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 I got a question, lads. Wait, 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 to make this even slightly maybe VR <laughs> related, um, I, I saw a post that made me nervous about the new PlayStation haptics, where it was talking about the... Uh, the new haptic controls, dual sense, I think. What, what yeah, are they yeah. called? The adaptive sense? triggers. Yeah, the, adap yeah. the adaptive triggers and the uh, analog sticks on the new PS5 controllers, developing mm -hmm. a drift, mm. and it was demonstrating in a video what was happening. Yeah. Um, are either of you nervous about that? Have you seen those reports? I'm just curious because I've yeah. I've experienced. For, we were just talking pre-show about like Nintendo Switch, and and I've had so many of those controllers I've had to buy, and they're expensive. Like. I don't know what do these what do these controllers cost and yeah is that a problem that you guys are worried about you know coming up in your device? they cost like sixty quid so they're quite expensive um, yeah and yeah I, like I noticed that the Nintendo Switch Joy Cons had some reported drift issues and I have seen the same with the DualSense I've experienced it a little bit but not to the point where I'm like oh this is frustrating or I've lost a game because of it do you know what I mean oh, you, you've already like a, you've 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 felt that minute of I just when I was playing Sackboy's oh. Adventure, um, sometimes you'd let go of the sticks and he would maybe move like a fraction still. Do you know what I mean? So you, yeah. is it more oversensitivity than drifting, or is that, or is it somewhere in the middle of that? And I'm not really sure. I'm sure, like over time, they'll resolve it. I have not noticed it. it like it, I would only like notice something like that when I would, as you said, you would let go or you would be AFK for yeah. a moment, and your character would start to like spinning yeah. circles and things like that but uh, i have to say i haven't noticed it in any game since that though and that's only okay. happened like a couple of times so well, i'm gonna say this to everybody who's who's because nathie's face reminded me of this uh drift on the dk1 and dk2 for example so you used to get an oculus rift drift where you'd be you'd be looking forward and then before long you'd be looking backwards oh, or to God, the side yeah. or something that doesn't <laughs> happen in modern headsets thank god but like that's gone but they yeah I, I saw days. those controllers and i was like when oh. you were talking about this ape game, I was like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, you, mean, you mean the drift that help. happened with uh, the CV1, like a few months when it like launched and yeah. things I'm were talking... going all over the place and the play spaces moved like to left and right and stuff like that? So that that did happen, um, but I'm talking pre-CV1. Pre oh, you, you I'm talking, like the... yeah, like the DK2. Okay. Like you'd be recording a video or whatever and, and yeah. you'd, you'd start to move <laughs> because the tracking would, would be off because at the time it was just... Do you remember that little boxy camera? It was terrible. Yeah, I you mean, had to put it on your monitor. Yeah, true. Yeah, we yeah. were talking long enough about this. Yeah, back when Oculus tried to manufacture their own cameras. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's been a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on from monkeys and DK2s and controllers. <laughs> Next up, this guy loves nothing more than being stranded on an ocean craft in VR. And apparently he has a new best friend called Wilson. It's the VR castaway. 
This is MTalk5. Uh, How you doing? Yeah, it dovetails well. Um, I actually just finished today watching Castaway, which is now on Netflix. Yay. Great movie. I don't know if that's can, a... Can you, can you do a Wilson for me? Like a scream? Wilson! No. Oh. No, not not today, not today, Rowdy. These guys know I was saying it as well. I'm, I'm not feeling 100. percent So um, uh, today, if I if I misclick something or whatever, it's, I blame it on that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I suppose surviving on a raft with other people certainly contributed to my to my state at the moment. Four hours yesterday in Oceancraft, which was good. It, it's really fun. It's it is super it's super social, and that's nice. Like setting up shops, and we had our own economy selling those drug packets, which you call palm leaves for money, uh, you know, and then you're buying fish and stuff. It was amazing. I yeah, saw yeah. that. I mean, it looked like you built like Ikea on a raft. Like it was enormous, that that place. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we had a really cool, uh, really cool kind of survival bit. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so the, yeah, the cast, watching Castaway makes you want to play Oceancraft and what, playing Oceancraft makes you want to watch Castaway. They kind of feed each other. <laughs> so I definitely did that this week. Um, and that that was nice because that wasn't a pain in the ass and it was very social and so, it was lovely. So are you more of a leader or more of a, f- a follower in that sense when you have I'm to survive a, with other people? I'm, I'm more of a hunt down people who tried to steal from the sellers. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. You've gone to uh, Lord, Lord of the Flies mm, on the others. Yeah, I'm the, <laughs> yeah. I'm the muscle on the on the raft. Wow. You know? yeah, yeah, I have to. And um, uh, just like that, though, so the social surroundings of a raft, and I think that game's great. And I talked about it a little bit last week. So my highlight's a little bit different this week. So my highlight would be, would actually be, I went back to one of my old favorites in, in poker because of the social side, was I went back to, to poker. And I went back to Poker Stars and Poker VR, two apps that have been there for quite some time now. And I participated in a tournament and you had an entry and you had a prize. And I almost never win uh, these tournaments. I thought I was going to win. I didn't, long story short. But it was a 90-player tournament, got up to, a, up to like 11th place on this table, got knocked out. Guess guess what at what place they start the prize structure, huh? The next the next space up. Tenth, yeah, tenth. Yeah. So I missed out on that, but I I felt a little bit better because after that I was like, uh, I feel good for myself. Pat myself on my back. Went over to the cash table, started playing, and and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna risk it all. So I had whatever a balance of twenty six thousand of fake money or whatever. Sat down at the table, started talking with some people from around the world, which is normal when you're playing poker playing cards and um one guy at the table's like hey my bu- i'm you know i'm new and my buddy he wants to sit in and play and we're like all right grand so this guy comes in he plays at the table uh we're playing a hand i've got a really good hand and i'm like i'm feeling very confident put a lot of money in and this guy's like i gotta call him so he calls me out on the table with his buddy's stack goes all in with all of his buddy's money i wipe him out his buddy comes back in the headset he's like oi who took all my money? And he's like, Zip, did you take all my money? I'm like, I would happily do it again, sir. And uh, it was so good to watch this guy. And then he's shouting at his buddy who's in the place uh, with him and all that. So uh, that was that was loads of fun. I forget the guy's name, but um, a shout so out how, to him. How rich are you now? Uh, it's like 36 or 40K. It's not huge because my account, this is the weird thing about poker VR between the different uh, versions of the game. There's different accounts. And like they did a Samsung Gear VR. Anyway, it's poker, poker yeah, app, it's, and uh, it's nothing compared to your actual bank account, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Ask me more things about money live. That's a good. Uh, that's a good one. I'll, I'll feed you that one back uh, in future round. But yeah, nice. that was my story. Really, I just I had a lot of fun with that. The thing I didn't have fun with um, this week, which was which was a kind of a major ball. Like you don't expect after six years for a patch to come to a game. Um, and as an, a set of course, a server owner and operator. Uh, it hacked six hours out of my life and most of yesterday evening, unfortunately for me, getting all my Assetto servers back up because they patched one car 
after six years and it wiped all my servers out. So no. um, I had to, I have to do a lot of manual work and it literally, and that's fast. Like it used to take me maybe 18 hours to do the work, but now six hours to get all that back. So that's where a lot of my VR time unfortunately oh. went this week. Uh, they're all back up and running again because I've got a, an Easter special race tomorrow and it's like I had to have the servers back online. So nice. You're, you're a survivor. Dedicated, so. dedicated server admin, but sometimes you got to pay, pay, pay the fee. So. But you're ready to race now. Ready to race now. Very, can't wait. Can't wait. That's going to be fun. Very good. Very good. So next up, this guy is half Belgium, half Canadian, but 100% rowdy. <laughs> it's the one and only rowdy VR. How you doing, dude? You all right? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing really good, yeah. Uh, I think uh, the highlight for me this week was uh, I played um, a game that came out, uh, I believe, last month. Uh, it is called uh, Luna. I don't know if anyone else uh, tried that mm -hmm. one as well. Luna, yes. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a narrative vr experience that is interactive in a way so first i was like uh i, I thought it was a little bit more you know kiddie like um because i you know from the art style you know it look it looks very beautiful but when i was playing it um, the feeling that i that i got from it was i was uh looking at some kind of like vr vrification of like le petit prince from uh, saint exupery if, uh, if people know that uh, totally know that one Rowdy. just 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 speak more french and we'll just nod <laughs> the, and agree the, the little the little prince uh, I, I mean it's a very famous book no no, no. okay N never or heard of it we're uncultured swine, swine. <laughs> i suppose <laughs> <laughs> okay um but uh, it's 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 like a puzzle experience that is um I mean, I don't think that puzzles are that complex. It's fairly fairly simple to get through. But what I really liked is the interplay that he did with music, uh, because it's, it's very em the emphasis is very much on sound, and then the voiceovers that are happening. So what happens in this game is that you're, um, I, I don't know if you actually are a little bird or if you're just like you know some kind of like exterior kind of being that is like kind of like working with it. But the narrator kind of happens what uh, kind of tells what happens to the bird and you know what's going on and the world has been you know, kind of like frozen over or something with a storm. I don't really want to spoil too much of it, um, but it, it's it's a, it's a fairly short experience I would say. There's about six levels uh, um, with six different puzzles uh, that you need to solve. Um, but what made this unique for me and I've been trying that more and more, especially you know during the lockdown, is that it feels again like one of those like. VR immersive theaters uh, like it's mm. not really like a game that you're playing it's not really a movie that you're watching there's an interactive element uh, there's a story being told it actually feels much more like a book with an interactive element and very nice visuals and sounds which is something that I think is uh, as VR is a, is a really great medium for as well because it's not like something that you play when you you know you want to like have some action or something but it's more like a, a very relaxing kind of experience and I really enjoyed that one actually uh, it's called Luna did, nice. you unlock, did you unlock the chainsaw at the last level? Yeah, at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, and then you can go through it. <laughs> <laughs> so what platforms is uh, Lunar available on, do you know? Yeah, it's it's on Quest. I played it on Quest. Oh, okay, on Quest. Quest. Uh, it's also nice. on PC because I think yeah. it came yeah. out, uh, I don't know, two, Wait, three years 17? ago. 2017? Uh, and, and now I they think... ported it over. Is this the uh, one yeah. you're in like in a fishbowl or a terrarium and you've got like little... Uh, bits that you can spread. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game, but you're not in a fishbowl fish feeder but... VR. <laughs> What's that? But the, you do need to like. They're like little strings. Like everything that you place are like little strings that you can touch that make like different kind of sounds. You need to do it in like oh. a, a particular order mm, yeah. uh, for the bird to find its song back, or like for the the the, the, the turtle to wake up, or like something. Oh, yeah. like, you need to do like certain things in specific sequences, yeah. um, which is which is a, a nice way of doing it. Um, can you do this with hand tracking as well? 
Uh, I don't think so. Since I, I, I tried it when I loaded in, but it, it immediately went to controllers when I was in the game. So did I you, I'm, did, did I'm you try to use sure, your hands? I don't think so. Yeah, I did, oh, but I don't think it, okay. I think I don't think you, there's an option. You sure those were your hands? <laughs> Nail, nails in the they chat have these says, like little things in front of you so they're like little graspers okay. so i don't think it will work with hands okay uh, nails mm. in the chat says i'm french and you sound good i think mm. she's referring to you rowdy your french mm. is good okay. uh, i sound good but how do i look <laughs> yeah not so much that's why you okay. shouldn't tune into the video version this is the part where carol like leans in right says the man who looks like an easter egg with a beard True, that's true. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, Eggman. <laughs> so uh, what about the chat? What have they been up to? Any highlights from them? Yeah, so we have uh, Wato UK, uh, who has a broken left index controller. Ooh. So he's stuck to Sims at the moment. I don't know which oh. is Sims. Maybe it's the Animal DLC or I don't know what he's into. Uh, well, uh, any, uh, yeah, most, most Sims only require the headset, right? So, like, whether it's flying oh, do, Sims, do driving Sims. I thought, like, the Sims. I thought he was playing Not that. like the Sims 4. <laughs> I, honestly, Maybe. we should have the Sims in VR. People oh, yeah. would play that. 100%. People would totally 100%. play that. 100%. And we, we kind of would... have experiences like that in a certain way, like Day Sim, where you can, like, you know, pick, like, villager. You play, like, kind of like a god being, and you, you pick them up. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah that would Good be point. interesting. Um, but you can't really torture people in that. Like, people want to torture people, yeah, right? You wanna take out, yeah, you want to take out the chaos. doors and then uh, put everything uh, on fire. Yeah, yeah. Or we, can't, we, can't, we can't say torture on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get Don't say it again. You're saying it again. Don't okay. swim in the swimming pool. Take away the ladder. Okay, so so Watto also played Automobilista 2. Elite yeah. Dangerous and Flight Sim 2020. So yeah, it wasn't The Sims. Um, then we have Delirium Drew, who has been uh, playing VR MP multiplayer. Um, he has been uh, uh, jumping into Walkabout, Mini Golf, Synth mm -hmm. Riders, Pop One, Hyper Dash, Poker Stars, and did play a lot of Doom 3 and some Cosmo Dread. And uh, then uh, last but not least, we have David Peters, who says... Uh, he's, he's, he's right. He says, a Planet of the Apes spin-off in VR would be interesting. Well, there is already one. Mm -hmm. I think we spoke about it two weeks ago. It's been yeah. a while ago it came out, but I think he's referring to Ape Escape in VR. And yeah, I, no. I can't agree more. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, can I make a guess what your highlight is? Go on. Is it something related to your watch or... Uh... No, no I've, okay. turned, this I've turned my watch off this stream, so oh, it's not going to okay, happen okay, again. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm not going to get mean? raided by Siri again. Dude, if, it's, that... if, if it's not us saying something stupid, it's my watch saying something stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Let's, let's try that's and... A, uh... That's an immediate highlight of mine for the entire course of F reality. That was well, incredible. I'm, I'm glad that my watch was able to troll me. <laughs> the audio version sounded so much better and clearer. Amazing. Yeah. By the way, it was someone in chat um, uh, or in the comments resolved it. They said... It did. It misheard index. index. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's that what's sense. triggered it. So yeah. yeah. Okay. If anyone who was here last week and wondering, and if you weren't here last week, absolutely go back and listen or watch <laughs> yes. the last <laughs> yes. episode. Go check Please. it out. You cannot yeah. miss that. So uh, my highlight this week was well, I have two highlights actually. Firstly, mm. I finished Cosmodread, which I was mm. over oh, the wow. moon about. I streamed it for like two and a half hours. Tried insanely hard to get a run where I finished it. I hadn't finished it prior to that, and it just didn't happen. I did get quite far. Um, I unlocked the handbag, which is like extra inventory slots. <laughs> it's actually called a handbag in the game. I don't know why I called it a handbag. 
but you can 3D print a handbag for more. Uh, Imagine <laughs> walking around in this creepy ass yeah. game with your handbag. With, with it like a glittery handbag. Talk. Yeah, like going out. <laughs> Gucci. Throw it on the ground, awesome. do a little dance. I the girls around it, you know? But I did manage to uh, unlock the handbag. Exactly. So, yeah. is, 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 this, is this potentially like a lost in translation thing? Like, does this should it be uh, called possibly. something else? Yeah, it, it should probably be called something else. Any yeah, suggestions like how it. it should be called? <laughs> they should call it like a backpack rucksack. or something like that, I guess. Okay. Yeah, or a rucksack. rucksack. Yeah. Um, but that did, that did help. And I had like two guns strapped to my hips and I was Whoa. like plowing through the game. Uh, got quite far, was low on health, saw two little dudes in the hallway. I, I gave them all names. So like the one with multiple eyes was called Lucy. The big mm -hmm. dude was called uh, Eugene. And I fuzzed a grenade over there to kind of finish them off. And I was just about in range of the grenades. So I kind of like nuked oh. myself as well. Oh, uh, that was the last run. So I gave up at that point. Jumped in the following day and just blitzed it first go. Like no problems. Um, oh, so it is pressure. a bit of like the roll of the dice, I think. You know, the luck that you oh, get with yeah. the drops and yeah. the, the monster layout and the map layout mm. and stuff. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed that game. Looking forward to more content hopefully added in the future. Different sort of maps and stuff like that. That would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, I really love that game. Nice. So if you if you're do, interested in that kind of like grindy, rinse, repeat, die, collect stuff, do, do you still feel like there's a, a reason to go back to the game now after yep. you've finished it? Not really. No, there are the modifiers, okay. of course. So you can play it with like just just crawlers, who which I called little Harrys, um, or you can like change it up by giving yourself less less health or less inventory slots or whatever. Mm. You can modify the game that way. But honestly, I think once you've finished it, you probably won't go back for more. And that's why I'm hoping for more content, because I do want to go back, because I do think the core gameplay mm. is really, really fun. Well, what kind of content would you like to see then? Uh, yeah. Just like a different different layout, maybe different objectives, maybe finding another another cosmonaut or something like that that you have to bring oxygen to to keep alive. Just something to mix up the gameplay to keep it a bit more interesting. That would be really cool. So fingers mm. crossed for more content in the future. But I'm sure if the game does well, the devil add more over time. Uh, but mm. my main um, sort of highlight of the week was Floor Plan 2. I mm. also finished that. Uh, that came out last week. I was a big fan of the original Floor Plan, which released on Oculus Go. If you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like a cartoony style, uh, crazy puzzler. So it's a puzzler, but the puzzle design is quite unique. And it's not, sometimes it's not really logical. It's kind of got this, its own kind of logic to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I plowed through it. It's got two elevators in this one uh, and you move around a bit more, which is uh, which is interesting. You can actually teleport within the game. So you're not just confined to the elevator this time. Also, they did some really fun things with hand interaction. And we've talked about this on the show before that, you know, not, not many VR games use hand interaction as your kind of way of responding or interacting with other characters in game. But what they do is they have like a thumbs up, thumbs down system. Uh, so you, when you're confirming something that someone said, you either give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down, which is really nice. Uh, so I thought that was really smart. Some of the later puzzles, super challenging. And I have to admit on on, on the stream that uh, I did actually contact the developers and say, look, I have been pulling what little hair I have left out uh, over this last puzzle. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. What do I need to do? And they did kindly let me know what I needed to do. And it was just, I was just stuck on the last two segments of the game. Okay. I didn't, I felt like those last two puzzles didn't make sense compared to all the rest of the puzzles in the game. You kind of have to do something quite unique. I won't spoil anything, obviously, but mm -hmm. I did find that a little bit frustrating and they could have given you a bit of a, a way of sort of explaining it, something to help you out uh, in that sense, but they didn't. But overall, I did really enjoy it, and I, I, I think it took me around about three hours to finish. So if you like mm -hmm. floor plan, you're looking for that more kind of like 
zany, cartoony, fun sort of puzzler, then you'll probably enjoy this one as well. So, so replayability-wise, uh, again, it's uh, again you wouldn't want to go back or, and play or it again. You, or do you have to mod it? And then well, you could mod it, it like, like our friend James and have like yeah. a siren head in there, for example. That yeah. would make things or Sonic, interesting. Sonic Fish. But yeah. <laughs> they do actually have an overtime mode, so you can go back to previous oh, really? levels yeah, oh, and play, nice. play through them again. And you, un you, you collect these little furry red creatures and you basically trade them in for currency where you can unlock different gloves for your hands, <laughs> Okay, um, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. That's a little modifier there for you. You know, you know what game Turbo Button also made that was amazing is uh, the Adventure Time uh, title that they did. Yes. Uh, yes. That one is also fantastic. It's a third-person VR title. It is PC, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Wait, wait, Thanks. wait! You're talking about the Adventure Time VR from a couple of years ago? Yeah. Uh, what was the Hatman's? I don't, I don't remember the, the full games title. Or something? Yeah, Headman's yeah. Head Games or something. I don't know. I remember playing that and giving it an avoid. What did oh, you really? like about it? Yeah, I remember I hating it. was amazing. It. But it was also because there weren't that many third-person titles out there. And uh, yeah, I like Adventure of, yeah, exactly. Time. So, <laughs> okay, you know, then it's yeah. a combination of the two. But uh, Fair enough. Yeah, 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 fair enough. I think I remember um, saying that as well. Where like it was if a, you're a basic fan, platformer, but uh... yeah, exactly. It was it's pretty pretty fundamental. But yeah. um, Mike, I was just going to correct myself. I think because I think last week I said um, that this was a re-release. I thought it was the original floor plan that was out when I mentioned oh. it when we were covering <laughs> last week, which it isn't. It, and and I it just dawned on me midweek. I'm like, wait, this is a new game. I didn't even realize. So yeah. um, if in case anyone thought it was the old floor plan, it's a new floor plan. Hence the two. Did they uh, discount the first one in in any way, or uh, or is it just? Uh, I don't think so. To celebrate yeah. it, I don't think so. Do you, do you so, have no. to play the first one to enjoy the second one? No, no, they're both okay. very, very, very separate um, okay. little stories. I actually, I, I think I actually enjoyed the first story more, um, oh. but mm. the second gameplay is more engaging. So, mm. yeah, I enjoyed them oh, both. Okay. Nice. Um, so let's jump into the news then. First bit of news this week is that the Kickstarter campaign for the new Tundra Trackers is now live. And if you're not familiar with what the Tundra Trackers are, they're these small little trackers that are designed to be used with SteamVR headsets for object tracking, uh, for mixed reality or production applications, or they can be used for full body tracking in VR social applications. Now, the Kickstarter for the Tundra Trackers launched on Monday the 29th of March, and they've already smashed their original goal of 180,000 British pounds and are currently sitting at 630,000 British pounds, pledged by 2,300 backers at the time of this live stream with 55 days left to go. So they're going to go even further, I'm sure, maybe even hit the million mark, which will be great to see. Uh, as we know, Valve, uh, not Valve, Vive <laughs> has just released the Vive Tracker 3.0 uh, a couple of weeks ago. And this product from Tundra is aimed at offering an alternative option to that product. And there are some key advantages to the Tundra Tracker over the Vive Tracker 3.0, such yeah. as it has a smaller footprint when compared to the new Vive Tracker 3.0, even though that is a smaller design of their original tracker. This Tundra one is even smaller. Uh, it will be lighter at just 46 to 50 grams each when compared to the 75 grams of the Vive Tracker 3.0. It will offer a similar sort of life in terms of battery life, uh, around 7 hours of playtime with the Tundra, 7.5 hours with the Vive Tracker 3.0, so you're getting the similar sort of battery life out of it. Um, but with the Tundra, you have two mounting options. You can use a strap mount with a loop, so you can put it through your belt, or you can sort of thread your shoelaces through it to mount it onto your feet, uh, or you can use a traditional tripod mount. 
Now, the thing with the Vive Tracker 3.0 is that it only comes with the tripod mount, meaning that you have to invest in straps like the ones from Rebuff Reality to kind of strap them to your, your feet or, and your waist, whereas this is more of a versatile mounting option, although uh, you can remove it and have the tripod mount if you want to with a Tundra. They'll also be releasing 3D CAD designs, so you can print your own 3D mounts if you wish, if you need something quite unique or creative for production purposes, for example. Um, and then you also have the fact uh, of price. This is going to be cheaper overall uh, if you buy more. So uh, the, the Vive trackers sell for 129 British pounds or 129 US dollars. The Tundra will be the same price individually, but there is a saving to be made when bought in bundles of three or more as three together costs $300, five is $456, and they also include a super wireless dongle in the package. And, and for me, wait, wait. a super wireless dongle. That's, that's the name. A super no, wireless they, they dongle. Did, they did, a, on, did you notice that on Twitter yeah, they did so like they, a competition? Yeah. <laughs> they asked the community what the, the super wireless dongle should be called, and they, they, the community voted for Dongle McDongleface. <laughs> so they were like, we can't call it that. So they called it the super wireless dongle. No, seriously. Ah, not another one. No, no, it's, they still have it on their Kickstarter, though. Because uh, on the pictures, they have it have called Dongle McDongleface. That's, that's great. Yeah, but, but when. But when that boat, right, got voted to be called Bodie McBoatface or whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they didn't follow through. Like, yeah. I think that's a sin. What a sin. Like, someone should, yeah. anyway. But yeah. <laughs> no one should die for it, but it's still, it's a sin. <laughs> wow. Extreme. <laughs> um, uh... but, but for me, like, the key, the key advantage of the Tundra is that they only require a single dongle for multiple trackers. So, yeah. say if you buy the three nice. tracker bundle, you get a, a dongle that can track three. If you buy the five, you get a dongle that can track five. The only and the problem that, I, that I'm wondering about that, because they have specific dongles for the amount of trackers, right? So, you That's have right. a dongle, yep. the SW3, the SW5, and I think also SW7. That's right. But yep. if you, for example, buy the SW3, and later you say, I want to get two more trackers, yep. then you're going to have stuck. to buy another dongle as well. That's right. right. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. So you have to know going in either if you're going to expand in the future. But the, what the good thing is, is that if you've bought like the Vive trackers like me and you don't want to mess around with individual dongles mm. per tracker, which you have to do with the Vive ones, you don't have a choice and they start racking up your USB ports. You can actually buy this um, wireless dongle from Tundra to use with the Vive trackers. They're compatible across the range. So nice. even if you're not interested in the Tundra like trackers themselves, you might be interested as a like a power uh, mm. Vive tracker user for full body tracking, interested in their dongle, which you can also buy individually through the Kickstarter campaign. So yeah, you mean if you already own trackers? Yeah, you, you already own trackers, yeah. but you want to free up like a few USB ports on your machine. What was then... the price of that again, Mike? For the tr just for the just for the track of the dongle? Do you know? Uh, the I... dongle alone is about like, uh, but I only saw the SW3 on there, I think, and that was they do for, them like... all. $45 uh, for the SW3. Yeah, they, they do them all and you can upgrade. So once you add the SW3 to your basket, you can upgrade to the higher versions by adding, by paying more. Uh, but but can you get, campaign. for example, the SW5 or the SW7 separate now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I so you, you, you just buy the dongle package in the Kickstarter campaign and then you go to the next page and it will say to upgrade your pledge to the additional versions. Ah, yeah, okay. that's how okay. you buy it. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just me feeling a bit ill today, but I've got to be <laughs> honest with you. This is like the when we had the announcement 
about all the new <laughs> HTC headsets. I feel yeah. like you just went through a configuration sheet that I did not follow. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's okay. there's a lot there's a lot there to know, but I'm sure that if you're okay, like if you're in if if this kind of product appeals to you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking you'll, about. You'll, your ears will listen. Yeah, exactly. if you're not interested in vibe trackers like Steam VR, then you'll just be like, yeah, he just talked nonsense for three, five, ten Although minutes. Although I, I have it to was. say, like, I do, I do feel like they're going in the right direction because, like, forty-six to fifty grams. That's like, that's like really, really small, right? That's not a lot of weight anymore that you're adding. Yeah. Of course, if you put it on like certain points, like your wrist and something like that, you know, you still have, you know, a little bit of added weight. But I do, I do feel like this is like, you know, another step in the right direction with these things. Also, the profile of them is so small. If, yeah. if they keep on like getting smaller and smaller, then eventually we'll see these things just being integrated. Yeah, that this is exactly that is the five track. That's that's quite quite yeah, a piece. Yeah, this is though, this right? is the new one as well. So you know, and then, uh, the new one didn't even become small. Like didn't become that small compared to the original. So it's like Vive kind of waited it out, then threw something, and this is something that they have been thinking about a little bit longer. It seems like. I think having like a single dongle for multiple trackers is the that's, key selling point for me. That, Had I not invested already in these ones, um, then I probably would have gone the Tundra route. But I think I will be buying one of these super wireless dongles mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. consolidate all my dongles into one. Good tip anyway. I think, yeah, that's probably the one takeaway that I would have taken if I was a Vive user. Dongle, yeah. dongle I'm particularly face. surprised with the amount of money that has already, you know, gone into this Kickstarter. It went considering super it's fast. only live, you yeah. know, what is like a couple of days. But... Um, I'm wondering how much of that is like really like actual consumers or whether it's like more like companies that want to like use that yeah. for like you know, 3D motion tracking or like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting to get those numbers because if indeed there's such a large consumer base, you know, interested or, or willing to spend money on these kind of trackers and maybe in a, in a future edition of a VR headset, we'd see that actually being integrated, which would be I, I think a lot of companies... Neat. I think a lot of companies have been, usually you see that with everything. It was the same with Cat VR, right? And like the whole VTuber market as well, you have like these Japanese companies that, that buy into this too. So I, I think there are a lot of companies who like spend a lot of money on this uh, on this Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. There was a good question in chat a bit earlier from Ray Pope asking if the, and I you might know this, but um, will these trackers work through SteamVR with, for example, a Quest 2 connected via virtual desktop? Any of you guys know the answer to that? So you, it's like it's like when people were using the Quest with like index controllers or like the Rift mm -hmm. S with index controllers. It yeah. is possible, but there's a lengthy setup process you have to go through. You have to mess with the dongle firmware. You still have to have base stations. It's an absolute nightmare. I wouldn't recommend doing it. Um, so ultimately, it, anything is possible if you've got the will <laughs> to do it, I suppose, and the money. At, at that point, you should be buying a PC VR headset. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. But in terms of the setup and the process of you know adding these trackers to Steam VR, it's exactly the same process as setting up the normal ones. Um, so you're all good to go if you're familiar with that setup process. I'm sure the VR chat crowd and the kind of you know people that love like full body tracking will be into this. Uh, and if you're interested, if you back it now, you'll receive your um, order hopefully in September. Although, as we know, with Kickstarter campaigns, particularly VR ones, um, some of them get delayed, some of them indefinitely. Yeah. So uh, yeah. just bear that in mind. But congrats to the Tundra team. Uh, you yeah. know, they've done a good, good job of getting the Kickstarter campaign up and running and smashed their goal already. So congrats to them. I'm just going to yeah. briefly clarify. I, I told you I was ill. I just caught an issue. 
uh, I, I on the title here. Now, audio listeners won't have availed to this, but that was not just a 20-minute ad break. Just so, <laughs> so that you guys know, that was all the weekly news. Thank you. Sorry, Zoom. Um, anyway, so uh, the next bit of news uh, is that Valve uh, recently released uh, the latest Steam VR hardware survey, uh, which shows VR is on the rise, which is great. Uh, The new stats, which are released every month, show a record high number of VR headsets connected to the platform at just under 3 million headsets, which equates to around 2.3% of all Steam Steam users now own a VR headset. So 2.3% of all Steam users now own a VR headset, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Road to VR did a great job on crunching the numbers and putting them into perspective, stating that it took 41 months for Steam to reach 1 million monthly connected headsets. So when sort of, you know, the consumer VR market first kicked off. But then it just took another 11 months to add nearly another 2 million users. Mm. So it really is That's kind a of healthy snow market. market. Yeah. That's a healthy market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They say that year on year, the number of headsets connected is up by 110% every year. Mm. Um, so that is, like you say, very, very good sign of things to come in the future. Um, I can break down the most popular headsets, which were um, sort of stated as in ranking uh, on the Steam VR hardware yeah. hard, hardware survey so there's no surprise that Quest 2 is dominating holding a 24.25% share of those connected headsets so that's kind of the leader in terms of the most connected headset to Steam VR right now followed by that you have Rift S at 20.96% then the Valve Index at 16.37% the original HTC Vive holding in strong at 12.24% then it starts to drop off significantly with the original Oculus Rift at 7.7%, Windows Mixed Reality at 6.5%, Vive Pro at 2.27%, Vive Cosmos, sadly, at just 1.02%, and the Vive Cosmos Elite at just 0.98%. Like imagine, so imagine, you know, imagine if HTC would have made a like successor to the Vive that was actually pretty legit, yeah. then they could have had still a big chunk on Steam. Well, we know how that ended with the Cosmos, but still, I'm saying, you know, Vive is still a reliable headset that people still use. I was yeah. surprised, though, to see PlayStation VR in that list as well, for like uh, even like a oh, small yeah, you, percentage. Yeah, it was like, oh, is that even possible? The hacker, yeah, the hacker, the hacker boys. Yeah. The it's thing weird, that I don't understand, right? Um, because the PSVR, it's actually, it, it, it almost um, amounts together to what, point zero nine percent uh because ivory is that interconnection software which is absolutely rubbish but you can you can take your playstation vr headset connect it to your system and then use basically vision-based head tracking in certain games it doesn't work well don't install it it's a real pain to kind of crowbar off your system once you install it so just take my advice on that if you're not really desperate if you're really desperate and all you've got is a PC and a PlayStation VR headset, maybe that's worth tinkering. What I don't understand is what is the separate PSVR aside from Ivory? I don't know. Is there another mechanism there? Did you answer that query for yourself, Rowdy? Because I I don't know why there's a separate PlayStation VR line in that hardware survey. That doesn't make sense to me. It's just that I like even the, the numbers are great for Quest 2. It's like the rest should be pushing more. It's the same with Valve. If they would have invested into some more indies or made some more games themselves, it would have been a lot higher. Uh, and, and that's the same for Windows MR, you know? Uh, we haven't seen a new Jumanji VR game in a while. 
Maybe they should make a new one, you know? Well, they, they uh, don't invest in, in VR software. That's the problem. Yeah. No, no, that's that's what I'm saying. And you can see that in the numbers. Um, mm. Of course, with Quest 2, it's not like Oculus is magically spending uh, money on uh, on PC VR stuff either. But that's because of its low price. And that's well, why did, you see people... Well, they did spend a big chunk of change on Medal of Honor. Although it wasn't successful. No. It was an Oculus well, title that was on the true. Steam okay, VR that's, platform. That's one game, and that's also yeah. Medal of Honor of all the freaking games. Yeah. Um, but... You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. No, uh, I do agree. We do need some more the, games. The price, the, like the the reason why it's growing on on Steam is because of the price. Because the headset is cheap, and with that you can buy a nice computer. Yeah. But yeah. with the other headsets, they are already expensive on their own. And, and then plus, you need a PC. We can't we can't uh, you know forget the killer feature with Quest Two, and that is virtual desktop. You know, it is yes. the best way. Yes. If you've got a decent Wi-Fi connection, you know yeah. that's close to your play space, you can play wirelessly PC VR content with Quest Two. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Best well, way to play VR. This is yeah. the thing that I found really interesting because um, you get a really good kind of cross section. When when I and one of the reasons I mentioned having played uh, poker this week is when you're sitting around the table with people from all across the world, you get a really good cross section of what's going on, and and the, it always hits the table of like what headset are you using? And people are talking about you know buying Quest Two primarily for their kids, for their uh, for their wives or partners <laughs> or whatever. And it's, it's really interesting because it, there's such a buzz on the number of people talking Quest 2 right now, way more than I was even anticipating. And the main number in that survey that stood out to me was that 2.3% of Steam users have a VR headset. We crossed the 2% mark. Mm -hmm. So for all of you mm -hmm. who were the 1%, the 2%, like... Now we just got to get the other 98% of those guys and girls <laughs> wow. into, yeah. into VR, right? Easy. No three, problem. Almost Come 3 million games. headsets. That's a good number. That's a good number. And just to sort of break down the sort of market share on Steam VR, so we got 58% held by Facebook with obviously the, the Quest, uh, Quest 2 and Rift S. You've got 16.5% held by HTC with all the sort of Vive Pro, Cosmos, original Vive headsets. 16.4 held by Valve with the Valve Index. 6.5 held by Windows MR and 2.6 held by other VR headsets. I just uh, find that crazy it. that that Valve has still like managed to push that up, yeah. that that number so much compared to like where HTC was, uh, you know, like yeah. before like Valve was even an option. But still, I I find it unbelievable that Valve owns freaking Steam and is not pushing harder. It's just weird. It's so the thing weird. is, the thing Big is, they, they don't necessarily need to. Do you no, know what I, I mean? Know. But and that, that that is the problem. They don't need to. Um, but they can if they want to. They could if they want and to. They they could really raise the number to yeah. a point yeah. where we're like, but whoa. Maybe that maybe they are doing something, but they just do things on their own time. So it's just a they matter are, of time. Well, that's the thing. They are doing something. They are always doing something, mm. but at their time. Yeah. Yeah. But Oculus also shared some interesting stats this week, and they mentioned that the Quest 2 has not only outsold all previous Oculus headsets individually, but all of them <laughs> combined, yeah, which insane. is extremely impressive. Uh, we still don't have any actual hard no, numbers. No, that's, that's the thing. Um, but it's an impressive stat nevertheless. And interestingly, uh, Palmer Lucky uh, pointed out in a tweet this week that there are more VR users on Steam now than those using Linux. So we're slowly wow. overtaking, <laughs> slowly oh, wow. overtaking the minority users on oh, the Steam platform. Both. All the mathematicians <laughs> and scientists out there just grumbled and yeah. groaned. We're going I for think, Mac. I think Mac next. <laughs> Does that make I you think... feel rowdy down in downtown? Uh, like most of good. those Linux yeah. users probably already own a VR headset. Like, <laughs> it's just them. Bastards. And the rest. I, I think it's <laughs> insane to think that it outsold all of the other headsets. I think the only headset that it wasn't hard to outsell on is the Rift S, to be honest. But the other ones it's quite impressive although yeah. as mike said we don't know any numbers so 
like the CV1 could have been like this VR enthusiast number where we always thought it was huge. Well, in the yeah. end, it wasn't. So, yeah. I mean... It's always been hard getting numbers out of Oculus. I think Facebook. it's smart from them to, because in our, like, I think I'm sure in all of our minds, it's huge. Mm. <laughs> but it might not be that way, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's you know, really interesting. There's no Oculus Go shown in there. I mean, there are other headsets. I know it's not a, a six-off headset. Uh, it must be swept up under, because even even the DK1 is is showing in that mm -hmm. list. And and it's weird, but the DK one is is a higher percentage than the DK two. Like that is strange yeah. to me. But the software stack of getting a DK two working is a real pain. You have to really go for archived stuff. It doesn't. There's almost nothing you can play on Steam now with it. So. That's true. There are, there are there are like places where people can't get their hands on on certain headsets, or mm -hmm. they just simply don't have the money for it. So there are people who are diehards and using a Go or something else to play games with. I tell you who it is that's 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 keeping those numbers alive. It's Eric Hartley. He's buying up all those old <laughs> Oculus oh. headsets and connecting them to Steam VR, and he's keeping those numbers alive. <laughs> oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, zero point one percent. Exactly. Yeah. So there are the. Uh, the steam uh, hardware survey stats uh, so you've got some numbers to crunch mm -hmm. there um, but flying through the news the last bit of news this week is from ubisoft as they recently announced in a blog post that they're adding vr support to their in-house snowdrop game engine now this is a, particularly exciting for me because i was a big fan of ubisoft's uh, the division and they used the snowdrop engine in that game and it was a very visually impressive game um, whether or not that will come to VR, you know, that sort of level of fidelity, we don't know, but this is a good sign anyway. And what they're saying is that um, they started uh, making VR escape room experiences using the Prince of Persia IP, and we talked about this on the mm. show a while ago. And for those games, they use an external game engine for development, and they wanted mm. to change that. They wanted to have full control over the engine themselves. So they stated that one of our main ambitions is to make our own VR titles, but we are also very open to collaboration on other projects. We state we started this with uh, this. We started this project in November 2019 and soon saw its potential. We increased the number of people working on it, in part because we realized that the combination of Snowdrop and VR would do something useful for a lot of projects across Ubisoft. Mm. Uh, and they sort of stressed that using uh, the Snowbot Snowdrop engine will uh, increase the development speed and turnaround time of their of current productions. Yeah. Um, and this could they had, they didn't confirm it, but this could be the engine that powers the next. Splinter Cell VR game that we know is in the works, potentially and Assassin's, Assassin's Creed VR game. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and the Far Cry uh, experience. Please, yeah, that would be pretty cool as well, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Do because they, have they always like are all their games developed with that particular engine, or do they still like? Uh, use so this is the transition well? that they're making. They they've previously developed using other sort of third party engines. Okay. Now they want to keep it all in house, so they've got full control over it. Um, which kind of makes sense. But That's unique stuff because, I mean, same with Crytek with the climb. It's like there's almost like all of, like most of the VR games we play have been made by uh, with Unity or Unreal Engine. Mm -hmm. so it's well, that, yeah it's interesting that's, that's to, great uh, news though because that means that what whatever game that you know ubisoft develops in the future uh using this engine there will always be like one hurdle less for vr to be integrated because it's already integrated into the engine right yep that's kind and of it, like we've seen with like valve you know with the source engine you know they did yeah. they did great things with um yeah mm -hmm. with half-life alex so yeah, it's great to see that Ubisoft are one of the bigger game studios out there. They're continuing to push VR forward, developing uh, and implementing their own VR solution into their own uh, game engine, which is great. And maybe one day we'll have our friend in Sony back on the show one day to give us a few insights into what it was like maybe working uh -huh. with them, because we know that's what he's up to at the moment. So 
Yeah. Hit us up, Nintoni. <laughs> Tell us what you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all the VR news this week. A uh, little tidbit there about the Snowdrop engine. We've got some Steam survey hardware stats and obviously the Tundra trackers as well, the Kickstarter campaign. But now let's jump into the hot topics. We've got two for you today. Uh, one is going to be Nathy talking about his hands-on experience with the Sense Glove. And then I'll be talking later on about the Vario VR1. So, uh, Nathy, tell us everything you know about this Sense Glove. Is it something interesting? Is it something not so interesting? It's for the Quest 2, right? So it is kind of interesting, I guess. Um, so um, it's, it's not only for the Quest 2, it's also for uh, for PC VR headsets and, and okay. standalone headsets. So that can also be the, the Vive Focus or the Pico Neo. Um, so the, the Sense Glove, uh, Nova is a uh, haptic VR glove that does, well, haptic feedback force feedback and can also uh, be used for motion capturing as you can move your hands. So that's kind of nice. Um, it is for, well, mainly enterprise, although n- with this one, you can, if you want to, uh, also buy it as a prosumer <laughs> because okay. they are not, uh, you know, cheap. Um, they're 5K in dollars. Wow. Okay. So uh, it's uh, if, if you are a rich consumer, then... But I'm just saying that you don't have to sign up as a company and do all that stuff, you know, to... Uh, get it so uh, that that's kind of cool um, Wait, but is that 5k five thousand pair of gloves or yeah, five just, one. One. <laughs> <laughs> just one there will be there will be something right uh, sure. yeah, but yeah. then you also get of course their support and stuff like that so if there is something going on then oh, yeah. they can help you out uh, and they also have an sdk that you can use to build with uh so so there, there is more uh, to it than just uh, you know a pair of, of uh, of gloves. Um, it's a Dutch company, by the way, so that's why I got to try it so quickly. Uh, I saw them announcing it during CES. I was like, I need to check this out, um, especially with the whole pandemic going on. There isn't that much you can try, so you know something around the corner is kind of nice to travel to. Um, and yeah. um, I tried the uh, the Dexmo gloves before. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Mike also tried those. Yeah, um, that's on a total different level. I would also not compare them um, because those are what was the price again, Mike? Like twenty five, thirty? It was like fifty k. Yeah, it's like freaking Ridiculous. insane price. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so what you can do with these gloves is like feel um, objects. So you can uh, feel the shape, the density, and the like the, the mass of an object. So when you grab, for example, a Rubik's Cube, you can feel it. Uh, and then the um, like the motors inside these haptic gloves, they pull your fingers back so they stay at a certain position. So it really feels like you're you're doing it. Do, do um, you have this... one with like gemstones embedded on the back of it? Because <laughs> that would be kind of epic. <laughs> Click your finger. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I haven't met Thanos there trying it out. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I can totally recommend it. Um, so what they use is like these little, um, like fish wires, like strings that run like through, like on the top of your fingers to this magnetic, like motor. And those are the brakes. So those, those will hold your fingers back at a certain uh, position. So they let me try a demo, um, in where you were in a space station and you had to do like simple tasks. It was kind of like a, like a toy box kind of game. Um, I had to like throw things into a trash can. I had to uh, fix some kind of machine with a, uh, what was it, like a, a drill. And you could feel the trigger of that drill, for example, like when you pushed it in. So those were all kinds of like showcases of what these gloves 
uh, are um, are capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the in, the most interesting part to me because I already tried haptic gloves before, so it didn't necessarily blow my mind. But the fact that you can now use it with uh, standalone headsets and that it's completely wireless uh, for the Quest, I do have to say that you still need to use the controllers. So the controllers of the Quest were uh, attached on the top of my. Uh, of my haptic glove so mm-hmm. there's like this 3d printed uh like shell that you can click them into and use it that way it's not like it's not possible to use it uh, in a different way it's just that facebook doesn't give them the 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 freedom to you know use the bluetooth to its full capabilities and same with the tracking it's not open source yeah. so those devs have to just kind of be creative i wish they would open it up but we all know that oculus is working on their own glove so <laughs> It's not like they would kind of give this out of their own hands. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got a question from the chat that I'm wondering about that as well. Since we you, you played around with the PS5, the the DualSense controllers and their oh yeah, you know adaptive triggers. Like, how would you compare this to this particular glove? Um, well, it's it's kind of like using the same kind of like sensations. I mean, I, I don't know what like how the DualSense uh, has been built from the inside, um, because I mean you're pushing it with your finger well uh with these haptic gloves it's like uh pulling your finger so it's the other way uh around um it's kind of similar in the sensations but it's not the same you know in in terms of how it mm-hmm. works but yeah it could give you a good idea of what it's uh mm-hmm. what it's like um and, and, so, and yeah, do you, you could... have like um do you have like an idea on like what the specific purposes that they envision for these kind of gloves? Since you're saying it's yeah. like more for like business operations, yeah. not consumer. No, so what, they, what kind they, of like business purposes do they think? Yeah, so they like uh, um, for the army, for example, where they have to fix a tank or a jeep, mm-hmm. and they have to hold these tools. Um, so and, it's and training also, purposes. Yeah, or, training purposes. Uh, like, and have they mentioned anything about like remote operation? Like, you know, like in, in areas where you can't um, get to with robotic control? Yeah, it yeah. Nice I, I have like, like fine um, motor operations there. Like, I don't know the specifics on that, but I saw someone on LinkedIn talking about that too. They said they weren't ready for that just yet, but they mm. are looking into it because, I mean, yeah, you have the glove, so why not use those, uh, you know, capabilities yeah, to your full potential? Yeah, yeah uh-huh. of course. Um, so with the Pico Neo, on the other, other hand, uh, you could just use it without any controllers. So it just connects to the gloves without any uh, things that have to be attached to it. And that's the same for the Vi Focus. So that's, that's really interesting and really nice. Um, it was like a breath of fresh air to be not connected to a PC, but just be able to take those gloves with you and just play wherever you want without having to worry about you know where you are. So I thought that part was like super innovative and and unique and and different and very exciting because of course we want to use these gloves in the future uh with uh, consumer headsets too you know like the quest and play games with them uh because it, it can work for games it's just that it's too early for that especially if they're 5k <laughs> you know so yeah that, that's kind of like a sense gloves in a nutshell um, yeah so just yeah. To, just to sort of reiterate it it sort of makes you feel like you're grabbing an object because it restricts the finger movement yeah. with the yeah. wires and the motors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And did you think, like, I know we said we shouldn't compare like the Dexmo and this glove, but do they give you the similar sort of sensation? I, I think I think the the Dexta uh, robotics uh, gloves are just 
uh, far in development in terms of like how strong they are and stuff like that. These were a little bit nicer to your uh, <laughs> to your fingers. So even that I still had to really put pressure on stuff. Uh, it's not the same uh, thing. And I think the the reason why I was more impressed by uh, by uh, the Dexmos is because they had just a more interesting demo. Yeah. And what they have is still. Well, you know, they, they could make a better demo, basically, and impress yeah. people with that. The, you know? the Dexmo uh, one had that, like, beating heart demo. That was such mm-hmm. a great demo where you could mm-hmm. hold, like, a human heart in your hand. You could feel it beat. It exactly. was incredible. Yeah, and it was, what it's are, like, like, uh, like dropping on your that, fingers? Right? Yeah, you just, it's like a, you've just done a Mortal Kombat, you know, Kano finishing move, and you've got the heart yeah. in your hand. That's what it felt yeah, and, like. And, 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 like, the water, you know, <laughs> falling on your fingers and, like, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. They didn't really have that. It was less physics-based and more about grab this object, do this, do that. Well, you know, with, yeah, with the Dexmos, it's more about the physics and the... So, yeah, they, they could definitely um, do more with that. It's just that I wanted to try it early, yeah. and I was also the first one to try it outside of uh, the company. So oh, nice. I was the first one to say, okay, I like this, I do not like that, uh, things like that. I also tried their older model, um, you know, the development kit one that they made. Mm-hmm. You might remember those as those kind of Edward Scissorhands kind of type. The blue uh, ones? Yeah, the exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. Uh they're Those awesome. were also still very impressive. It's just that I was wired. There were like Vive trackers on them. So yeah. yeah, the freedom wasn't there, but still the the moment you're in VR and you can feel things, it's it's even for the exoskeleton, I was like, wow, this is this is good stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're 3D printing everything in-house. They're doing everything themselves. Um, so that's really nice. And as I said, it's a Dutch company. Uh, they aren't that many uh, uh, VR companies uh, in my country that are at that level where, you know, they're starting to sell haptic gloves to people. Yeah. So I wonder know. if we'll ever see this for like consumers for gaming. I, I really don't know whether it's uh, something that would be attractive for a consumer to buy or not. Well, maybe, maybe dumbed down and, yeah. and more basic as someone mentioned, like the adaptive triggers that we have could be used in a like a, a glove form too but yeah not not what they have here because they have so many functions here that are just upping up the price yeah <laughs> it's not that that's not gonna happen but i do think like basic sensations because uh i don't i don't remember the name of those gloves but those gloves were like super basic i think Tyrael was like their ambassador for a while where that's it was right, more yeah. about like you felt like haptics on the like the top of your fingers because i think a part of using haptic gloves and and the, the experience you have with them comes from the imagination there mm. are certain things that you like i felt this and they're like well we didn't really add that to our gloves but you felt <laughs> it so you know so a part can also just be imagination and you kind of having the feeling and that's mm. why i'm saying just haptics could already be enough for people to have a great experience in vr because I think the problem has always been is like the locomotion aspect, isn't it? Because right now we need thumbsticks to yeah. maneuver around the virtual environment. You know, VR treadmills never took off. And I would imagine if we did ever, if we um, had gone yeah. down that route, then maybe these these oh. uh, accessories would be more attractive because we'd have a different way to move around. But as we don't, and, and I don't think VR treadmills will ever be a thing, <sighs> in my opinion. Slide, slide uh, mills. Yeah. It, then we, we're kind of always going to need some yeah. sort of controller interface. But what about True. intent? Because um, you know that that mind control unit that you you used before. What if you blended that into a yeah. headset, and essentially you're taking, you know, mm. conscious thought as your indication of where you want to go? I mean, just it just oh. you know kind of overrides what we presently yeah. have 
as an analog input. Or, or eye tracking as well could be used uh, for that, I guess, to, you know, Promotion? teleport to, to different nodes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. The, pro the it, problem it, is just, um, I mean, for teleportation, I can see because you can use focus. The problem with these kind of things is that they are, they're often collecting so much noise and you need to try and make sense out of the noise that it's it, it's it's hard to like get like sensitive input, especially for something like, you know, if you want to walk controller yeah. interaction or mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, getting specific buttons. If, it's going to be very hard. Indeed, like for teleport, what, what you suggested, Mike, if you want to like focus on one point, but that's not going to be like, well, maybe in the future it will, but uh, at least for now, like, you know, you need you need to first collect that amount of trigger, yeah. enough trigger for you, for the headset to actually know then, okay, he wants to go there. So it's always yeah. going to be a delay. It's not going to be as instant as we want it to be. Well, the, the interesting part is that with Waltz of the Wizard, uh, they have hand tracking too. Uh, and they, well, they didn't necessarily solve the locomotion problem, but you can use certain gestures to mm. make yourself run That's around true. or walk around and then also stop and continue. Uh, also with Elixir, they use certain gestures to do it. That was mm. teleportation, uh, but still it, it's enough to keep you moving. So mm. for, let's say, training purposes and stuff, because as you said, it's going to be a while before we yeah. have like freaking gloves that can also let you run around, you know? So um, yeah. it's a nice solution in between, but I get it. Like you, yeah. there needs to be some way, but locomotion has been the main thing that everything uh, th spins around. I think around, they will you know, find the a solution and... eventually to the locomotion problem. Uh, it's not because we don't have a solution now that we don't see anything you know, okay, coming tapping out into in the our brains, future. Maybe? No, naked, I, I think uh, something Running physical. around naked in the boots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I'm not fully writing off treadmills um, in, for the future. I, I'm writing it off as they are now, uh, you know, like because yeah. The, yeah. like we did on that one episode. Hey, hey, like don't, the, don't, 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 really... don't say that to T-Pain. Don't do that. You know, he <laughs> yeah. might be disappointed. He'll be very upset. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fair point. Will, I think we, we will find a solution to locomotion inputs uh, that mm. will eventually, you know, it will be costly in the beginning, but it will trickle down and, uh, you know, become yeah. consumer mm. friendly. Kind of reminds me of the Power Glove, you know, like the Nintendo yeah, Power do, Glove yeah. back in the day. Yeah. We all yeah, thought that do. was going to be the future too. Well, <laughs> you know, talking about the design of these Sense Glove, Nova uh, gloves, is that um, when I was uh, turning it on, because there's like a battery on top and they, they can be used for around three to four hours. So that's, that's not bad. Um, but then the backlight reminded me of the... Um, I don't know how it's called, like the engines or the warp thing from Star Trek, from the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And I said, like, hey, this looks like the thing from the Enterprise because I used to watch Star Trek uh, a long time ago. But um, they said, like, yeah, it's inspired by, you know, because we have some some people in the office who are, you know, big fans of uh, Star Trek. So, Trekkies. <laughs> yeah, Trekkies, oh, exactly. What do, what do you mean by the backlight? Uh, um, yeah, so that? it's hard to explain, but you have the... On the on the top, you have like the 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 battery compartment, and when you turn it on, uh, it shows you a light, so you know it's connected, and it just reminds you of like that that um, like engine part of the the Enterprise spaceship. So this warping kind of glow, this bluish kind of light that kind of well, it doesn't pulse, but you do have kind of feeling it does. Um, but it's super easy to connect. You turn it on, you go into the quest, you go to Bluetooth. And then you uh, connect. Of course, the controls are attached to your gloves. Just saying, yeah. but still, like it's it shows up and done. It could it could be so simple. It's just that Facebook is working on their own gloves, and it's not like they want others to kind of you know. But yeah. this is the first one out there that I tried 
that can be used with standalone headsets. So yeah. that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice little hands on there. Definitely. Hands nice on. Holiday yeah. in the middle of all this lockdown as well. Actually, yeah. True. Yeah. And try dude, some tech. To go outside. outside. Wow. Such it was a, relief, a breath of fresh air to be going to a, a company again. It felt like you know the good old times, and I will definitely do it more. I have already something planned for Far Cry with Ubisoft, so I will be trying that. And if Mike is right about the new engine, then that might be uh, something uh, super, uh, super nice to play. Sweet. So, yeah. Look forward to yeah. your hands on with that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, if you've got any questions for Nathie about the Sense Gloves, by the way, put them in the chat and we can read them out at the end of this little segment before we get into the uh, releases. Um, so last week I teased on the show that I've been playing around with a, a bionic display headset claiming to have human eye resolution, which uh, Rowdy scoffed at. Uh, to play Half-Life Alex, So I thought I'd talk a bit more about my experience with the Vario VR one this week and to kind of address uh, Rowdy's comments. And he is he is right, to be fair, um, you know, questioning this human eye <laughs> resolution marketing. Because it it's a marketing term, isn't it? It's like it's like Apple with, with retina yeah, display. Yeah, the retina you know. displays. Yeah. yeah. And, and basically they use this term and, the, you know, Vario used the term in the same way, is where you have a display that has such a high pixel density that you can't indistinguish between individual pixels. And then they, do they call that like a human resolution display or a retina display or a bionic display, as Vario call it. So basically uh, how this will happen, I can show you the headset. I've got it here. It's an absolute monster. It's very heavy. Oh, and you can, it's like oh, a mirror. mirror. It's Dang. got a mirror, so you can see exactly what's going on as well. Look at that. Ooh, see right into that's the weird. Uh, universe. Yeah. Yeah. I have to hide my browser history. Um, so, <laughs> so you've got the headset there. It's quite a beast. Uh, it's something like 950 grams, so it's quite heavy. Uh, it comes with this massive, like, 10-meter uh, dual fiber optic cable with uh, two USB-C ports at the end. Oh um, but basically, this all started... I've been intrigued about this headset for a long, long time, ever since we talked about it on the show. Um, and I was just looking on eBay one day, because I'm always on the hunt for weird and wonderful things. Actually, talking... segue. sorry about this. I'm sort of going off topic here, but check these bad boys out. These are something else I bought on eBay as well. And these are um, the original Oculus Quest prototypes that had trackpads and not thumbsticks. Holy... Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look yeah, at that. Yeah. Show that mirror <laughs> That's crazy. surface. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's difficult so to catch it on the light, but you don't you don't see the the thumbsticks. Yeah. So they're actually trackpads. Mm. They actually click in and everything. But this was another find on eBay. So and, wait, 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 do they still work with your? No, Oculus? no, 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 no. Okay. You can't connect them to any headset. It's like purely just a collector's item. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to sort of like segue that that's you know I'm I'm always on the hunt for interesting, rare, unique VR headsets and accessories on eBay, and I just came across the Vario VR One. And originally, when it launched in 2019, it sold for like 6k in US dollars, so it was like super yeah. expensive. It's like ultra high end, again a bit like the Sense gloves, made for the enterprise market, not for consumers. But I was super intrigued. So when I saw it for like, I think it was like 450 pounds, I was like, I've got, I've got to buy this thing. I've got to buy it. I, I need to know what it's like playing like Half-Life Alex or other VR games with this like super high-end headset. I've got the machine to run it. So let's go for it. So I bought it. It arrived. Um, you don't get anything else in the box, by the way. You just get the headset and uh, like a breakout box and a power system. You don't get any controllers. You don't get any base stations. You need to use uh, Steam VR controllers, so you can use Vive ones or Index controllers. You need to use uh, Steam 2.0 base stations. They actually recommend that you use four of them. Um, luckily enough, when I changed my pledge for the whole uh, Pimax Kickstarter campaign nonsense, 
uh, and I got index controllers instead. So I had a second set of index controllers. I had a second set of base stations. I was able to use them for this test. So um, talking about the headset itself, one of the really unique things about this headset is um, is the display technology. Like I said about this like human eye resolution technology and how they pull this off is quite unique. And I don't think any other headset available on the market does what Vario does with their headsets. And this is what they do. They have uh, each eye has two displays. So two displays per eye. You have a 1440 by 1600 AMOLED context display, which is like the background display. And then you have a really small, tiny, tiny 1920 by 1080 focus display right in the center of your field of view, uh, which is a very pixel dense display at 3000 pixels per inch. <clears throat> so they they combine these two together using uh, displays using mirrors. So um, they kind of blend them. So although you can see a, a line, like a, I would say it's like a blurred seam around the, the focus display in the middle, it's not like glaringly obvious. Do you know what I mean? You really have to kind of look to see it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not too distracting. And, and just for the purpose of those watching the video, the white box that was uh, it, it, that's showing in the video is illustrative. It isn't the same that Mike has. So how how it's not apparent? Break. How how um, opaque or translucent is that seam? Yeah, you can see it, but it's it it is it is opaque to a certain degree. It, it does blend. Do you know what I mean? It blends smoothly okay. as well. It's not like a hard ridge cut off from the focus and the context. So they've done a pretty okay. good job in blending them together, which I think is pretty great. And the way I kind of described it is like if you think of like um, fixed foveated rendering in the Quest. So you know, with software, what they do is they blur the edges or degrade the edges of the um, the field of view, which you don't necessarily see when you're looking directly ahead to save on performance, right? So that's pretty much what they do with this headset, but they do it with physical displays instead of software. Yeah, mm. it's actually like it, it kind of like reflects to the way that our eyes work as well, because, you know, the focal point that we actually see very clearly within the eye is like very small. It's actually like a, a very small like location. Uh, and they've, of course, made that a square so that if you move your eyes around a little bit, that you still stay roughly within that square as long as you don't go to the edges of your of your peripheral vision. Uh, but your peripheral vision, in, in essence, is actually very uh, limited in terms of like, let's call it resolution. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, you know, the context display is pretty much what we would call a, a traditional VR display in terms of resolution. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you've got this like super sharp display in the center. Now, the problem is that it's not, tr it, although this headset does have eye tracking, which I'll talk about shortly, it doesn't track and move that display around like, um, you know, dynamic foveated rendering we would that's want in the, the future. That's, thing, that's, that's like the yeah. future concept, right? Where that display would shift around somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they'd pull that off. That was well, their ultimate the, goal, the but... Exactly. This is what they stuck but the, with. The, the problem is, well, the, the good thing with that is that you would save a lot of GPU resources because you wouldn't have to render everything at such a high resolution. Uh, but the bad thing is, of course, that you need your entire display to support that uh, high resolution. So in yeah. terms of cost, it probably drives it up. Yeah, in terms of like, obviously the high-end visuals are there, but it does have some compromises. Uh, obviously the weight I talked about earlier. Uh, also the field of view is reduced to just 90 degrees uh, field of view uh, and it runs at just 60 hertz. So you're, you're locked to 60 frames per second in all the VR experiences that you try with this headset. But do bear in mind, this is an older Vario headset from 2019. The new one is much, much better, which I'll talk about uh, at the end. Um, but yeah, it has this like 2020 eye tracking technology built into the lenses. So surrounding the lenses, you've got these kind of eye trackers. Uh, they automatically detect when you're wearing the headset 
Um, so it was very difficult to capture any footage through the lenses because as soon as you stuck a, a camera lens in there, it doesn't detect an eyeballs there. So it turns off the displays. So that's why I had, had to kind of like do it the way I did with the footage that you're, you're seeing now. Um, but the cool thing about this eye tracking technology is that it automatically detects your interpupillary distance. So the distance between your uh, eyes and it calibrates the lens is uh, automatically. So it actually physically the moves itself. Them. Yeah, the hardware yeah. itself. So an automatic it, like IPD uh, system. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it automatically perfectly calibrates it every time you put the headset on, which is pretty impressive. And I kind of mentioned that, you know, this is kind of unnecessary for us as consumers because most of us would just put on a headset for the first time, configure your IPD, never touch it again because you're not giving your headset to anyone else and that's you set. And, you know, with this, it's quite heavy you know it takes up space because there's a, like a, a mechanical adjustment there you know inside the headset that does it automatically so it adds weight but for for a business uh headset that's sort of like aimed at showing clients multiple mm. different clients projects or going to an event and showing lots of people um vr experiences it, you know having this actually takes away a lot of the friction of the setup each time within each individual user and it's quite a unique uh, and interesting uh, feature in my opinion How, how much time does that eat up in terms of you're putting the headset on and it does it go like and then yeah. like um, a couple seconds is yeah, it 30 it's, seconds it, it's seconds you put the headset on you see that it's clear you press a button and it it, it just does it it adjusts so okay. it, it, it happens after a button input right it's not every time that it keeps pretty, on adjusting it. pretty yeah it is a button input yeah you need to confirm okay. it yeah okay okay and Media question I have on this one was how long did you spend polishing the front end of that? Because my God, oh, that's a it's a fingerprint surface. magnet. It is, it is, it and, looks... that, and that's the that's the thing. You know, say you are taking this to events, there's going to be fingerprints all over this thing because it's like a mirror at the front. Although you can actually remove that faceplate and add like a mixed reality uh, pass through faceplate for this particular headset. Oh. In the oh, newer right. one, is it's it's built in automatically, but um, wait, they had wait, it wait, removed. Wait, a mixed reality pass through faceplate, so you're seeing yeah. mixed reality uh, on, on on the thing what you're seeing, or how does that work? Yeah, so so they've got oh, a faceplate for the Vario VR one uh, with two stereo pass through cameras. Yeah. Okay, so it's camera pass through. Oh, okay. You're not like no. seeing through a translucent no, no, screen no, 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 or something no, no, no. crazy yeah, like camera pass through. Camera pass through. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was like, whoa, yeah. six K is worth it. Yeah, uh, so how, how um, many how many cameras does it have in total, like to track? So it doesn't have any cameras because it uses Steam VR uh, base stations for mm -hmm. tracking um, sensors outside yeah. in. Yeah, so it's outside in tracking. Um, But it, I'm surprised. Does the did you find anything with the uh, the front being mirrored because? Base base stations do not like mirrors. They didn't even like, for example, you, you know, if you buy a poster frame for your room or whatever, it'll come with a sheet of basically plastic. Yeah. And even that is enough to set those trackers a little bit crazy. Did you find any skipping around or anything like that? Not really, no. But I don't know. They use some special film because the 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 sensors are definitely behind that front plate because I took it off just to look. So I've seen them mm. there. Um, but no, the, the mirror display, like the front of it mirrored, doesn't really affect the tracking uh, in any way. Okay. Um, so I, I tried a bunch of demos. Demos were super impressive. Airplane cockpits, car cockpits, some some studio in Helsinki. Super detailed, super clear. Clarity in the center is just like absolutely incredible. Uh, better than anything I've ever seen in VR before. But that illusion is broken the second you move your eyes away from the center of your, your field of view. How punishing was the performance, Mike? I mean, your rig is top, top end. So yeah. did you get any frame stutter? Did you get any like performance hits when you were playing Alex, for example? I didn't notice any frame uh, rate drops because the recommended specs, I believe, for this headset are an RTX 2080 Ti. Um, 
and 32 gigabytes of RAM and an i7, whereas oh, I'm running like an i9, 64 gigabytes of RAM, RTX 3090. So uh, wow. surpasses all the required specs uh, pretty high. Uh, so yeah, I didn't notice any frame drops, but it is locked to 60 frames per second. So it's not mm. particularly high number anyway. But of and course... And, and the it, tracking in terms of like the controller, so playing the actual game. Fine. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, it does use two display ports um mm. on your your card so yeah so you need two display ports i saw that like so what so what kind of um how does that how does that work so, wait, 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 so is that one for each at the end yeah each, yeah. So, each so display it, or how does that work no it's one display. for one pair so because it's got four displays so it's, oh, it's yeah, one yeah, display yeah, port course. for each pair yeah so you had to unplug your monitor no 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 no, no. i still oh. have my monitor connected i think i've got three display ports on uh 3090 yeah oh, okay, and, and okay, an hdmi okay. um but yeah, aside from the demos, uh, obviously Half-Life Alex was the game that I really wanted to try uh, this with. And I was surprised it did work. Um, I think Nathy did try this out a while ago because he, yeah. you've got a Vario as well, actually. You've got this yeah, headset. So, yeah, so uh, I had access to Half-Life a month before it came out. And I was like, if there's something epic, it's playing this game with the newest headset on the market or one of the best ones on the market. Uh, I tried. Uh, it didn't work. The game just threw out the headset. Then I called Vario and said, like, listen, can we fix this? So the developers worked on it, but they couldn't get it to... Because the game was... It was like a demo version of the game. Yeah. So now, <laughs> I think because they were looking into it, it's now working. But uh, yeah, it didn't work for me. So we had to kind of cancel that project. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it works now. And um, nice. what, what I found, particularly in Half-Life Alex, was that, you know, normally... I, I, you know, I've played through Half-Life Alex multiple times, and I'd normally just blitz through it. But I was stopping and just like soaking up like every single detail yeah. of the environment because it was just so clear and crisp. Yeah. Like you could read ripped um, posters and ripped bits of graffiti and other bits and pieces in like the lift, for example. Mm -hmm. I would like read ingredients on the back of beer bottles and cans. I was finding like little hidden sketches and reading through those. Like, there was a newspaper yeah. on a park bench that I could clearly read through as well. Is, was it a little bit and, like the experience you had with the refurb when you first tried it? Where you're like, kind of, everything yeah. comes back to life again. Exactly. Yeah. Like everything that you took for granted the first time round, yeah. you start to re, uh, you start to notice again and, and soak and, all and this information game, up. Yeah, that, that game does that so well as well. Uh, because like with, with a lot of games, you just like, you know, it's so action packed. And especially if you're, you're a PC gamer, you like blitz through them. But like with a lot of VR games, like the speed is actually better if it's a bit slower, right? You know, yeah, and and, and I think, like this, you kind of take that time to like, you know, appreciate the environment a bit more. Yeah, and even like Alex's gloves, you know, when you see them mm. up close in that sort of clarity, every mm. single sort of like soldering point and zip tie, you can see them so clearly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it, it just gives you this added appreciation for the attention to detail in this game that you may have missed, uh, you know, in previous runs. Um, so yeah, like, I, I thought it was a great experience. Obviously, I didn't really play that much of the game. I was just like loving the environments and seeing things I'd never seen before. Um, but ultimately, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing what I did and buying a headset like this, even if you get one for a great price like I did on eBay, because being locked at 60 frames per second kind of like almost outweighs the clarity in my mind because it takes yeah. away a lot of the smoothness from the gameplay. Yeah. The headset's very heavy, so Dude, you know it's freaking heavy. It's so heavy. Like if you play with it for maybe thirty minutes to an hour, you're yeah. really like the moment you put it on, it feels like like almost like one of those uh, army helmets that, yeah. that they have. You know, where it's like it's so chunk chunky thing you know? absolutely and it's funny because when i posted about it even oculus roasted me in their tweets it was saying that i was like falling over front heavy with this headset and like that i'd have like a oh. 
ripped neck. Well, well, isn't it essentially like wearing two quests on the front of your head? I mean, you're, you're glad to have two, the balance on the back, maybe. but yeah, it's it's two, isn't it? Because in, isn't a quest a 400 to 500 gram headset? Depending on the strap you use, yeah. Dude, that's, uh, yeah. that's exactly, a yeah. total difference, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't recommend anyone doing what I did, um, but I think it was really cool to just get a glimpse of what high-end enterprise vr looks like especially with this unique features like the the dual display technology per eye automatic ipd and and the eye tracking as well was really cool like i show a little mm -hmm. demo of looking around a supermarket display and mm -hmm. the the latency and the accuracy was really great with the eye tracking so that was really cool so what was the other headset again from taiwan i forgot the name for a moment uh the one that they used in arcades star star, star vr star vr, VR. Like and you've the, also got the, the XTAL as well, which would be yeah, super high end. Um, the XTAL is oh. even bigger and heavier. My God. Um, My God. The VR three, like the latest headset from Vario, which is the third generation one. The one I tried here is the first generation headset. Uh, it's got a, a higher refresh rate, higher field of view, mm. higher resolution. Um, higher it, price tag. It, it's actually got hmm. a cheaper price tag, which is interesting. Right. They they dropped the price. Um, and it has full stereo pass-through uh, cameras. And and the funny thing is they show like a demo of someone driving with a Vario VR3 on oh, no. using the, the stereo pass-through for driving. One, isn't it? Yeah. Completely insane. That's, that's insane. Yeah, so yeah. I I would love to try their latest headset to see how it compares, but um, I would imagine it's going to be pretty special when, you know, having tried this one, especially if it's got the unlocked frame rate a little bit higher. I think it's 90 yeah. frames per second is the, is the latest one. And so it's, I'd you know, like what's interesting again. too is that it, it comes with its own software, but in that software, there's so much going on. So it's, it's not only, the, again, same with the, the haptic gloves. It's not just the, the headset you get, but also the software is, is really nice. Yeah. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Like the mixed reality platform, for example, has quite a bit there. I wouldn't say it's a huge value add, but what do you mean by has a lot going on? Do you mean just in terms of the demo you can, content? You can or capture you a lot mean? of like uh, metrics. So like uh, for the example with the eye tracking, looking around the supermarket display, for example, you can mm -hmm. capture, um, you know, the eye movements as well, which I was able to show off in the video, which was really cool. Yeah. Normally those kind of features, you wouldn't be able to get access to that camera, a bit like to. the facial tracker. You don't get access no. to that camera to see what it actually looks like. So it was nice to be able to get access to that. And also the way that I showed the, the gameplay uh, with the, the focus display and the context, context display, and I was able to overlay them to give a good representation of what it looks in the headset was through like development tools in the Vario software dashboard. Got it. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, but it's, that answers it's a funny. few questions I had watching your video, and I, I would implore people to watch the full video that you produced, Mike, because it, it's I, I was really particularly well impressed by it, and and it's like one of these things where almost nobody else is putting out a video on this type of thing, but then you 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 make such a well, an even, awesome splash with it, and. And the thing is, looking at this headset, as pretty as it is and as as far-reaching as it is, I think it's one of those things. It's kind of like the forbidden fruit because yeah. if you're if if you're using that, it's kind of like if you had broadband before everyone else when they had <laughs> internet, where the internet was slow and you'd be trying to download stuff, but the throughput wouldn't be enough. I feel it's the same with like a high high resolution headset in that the content you try, aside from Alex, for example, you'll probably get to see the seams and the low texture grades. It'll show that off more, yes. more, more frequently when you're trying other bits of, of content. I think Elite Dangerous is probably one that does pretty well and does kind of like 4K and up 
you know 8k level resolution in game but there aren't that many games right now that you you could really use that without making the game kind of look ugly you you, know? you're totally um, right because when i tried beat saber it was just broken uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't show the textures in game um no, it, it did work with pistol whip yeah. um but it just only worked with a handful of games it wouldn't work with anything <laughs> that, that really adds the leg day doesn't it like <laughs> yeah that of weight vertically that, that, chest, that, that's but. the funny part like mike was able to uh, explain and capture this headset better than vario themselves absolutely but of course yeah. there are certain things that mike shows that is not working in their favor when they're trying to sell it to companies so i oh. i do get it to certain like degrees you know as you said they're using certain terms uh, but you're showing it off like it is. So that's great yeah. for companies too who want to oh, invest into something like that. Yeah. The price you picked it up for, man. Good crap. Yeah, it was, it was a bargain. That, oh, that must have been... There can't be many of those floating around, so that's a nice rare catch you got. No, there. definitely. Same with those Oculus controllers as well. It was just a rare find that I was just lucky uh, to get hold of. But yeah, you know, I think for me, you know, like I said earlier with, with Rowdy about the, the dynamic foveated rendering, you know, when, when that little screen in the middle can somehow move around and move, follow your eyes, yeah. that's going to be a really special moment, but we're not quite there yet, yeah. even with the latest headset from Vario. Because then you can, then you, games can really start pushing their resolution as well, Oppo. Yeah. I feel, I feel like with that kind of headset though, I mean, I'm like visual fidelity, it doesn't have to be like, like crazy good. Like I'm totally fine like where we are with the Quest 2 for example yeah, right now. Yeah, it's great. But but like having any kind of a line in my scene, like it's the same thing that I found with the um the Pimax mm-hmm. where on the on the periphery you yeah. have this like awful fall off that happens. It's not consistent. Yeah. And that's why when I first tried the Index and then it's a consistent view right across, I was like, wow, breath of fresh air. That's really really nice. Like would, just thinking about it, if this became a daily driver, wouldn't that bug the hell out of you? Oh yeah, it totally um, would. Yeah, it totally like, would. Yeah, it totally yeah, would. Yeah, okay. But you know, it, it, it's again, you know, it, it's, it's for enterprise. Driver, yeah. You know, it, it's it's yeah. for like Boeing, uh, Volvo. You know, the, the, <laughs> imagine this the, being your daily driver. The, 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 my the, God, they're training astronauts with the, with the Vario <laughs> yeah, headsets. Exactly, you yeah. know, um, so they can they can replicate the cockpit of like uh, space mm. shuttles. Yeah. That makes sense. And makes you know sense. where all the button layouts are as well. Mm. And you can clearly read all the toggles. And that's what is most important with this headset. So yeah, although, you know, I would find it distracting for a training scenario and application, yeah. you know, 6K or, or now less even for the latest one is just a, a small drop in the ocean for, for what it can actually do for these companies. Yeah, it's amazing though. It's, it's it's great to see a glimpse of the future and just yeah. just feel like oh, that's on the. I mean, the thing is, you kind of feel. I don't know if you guys are like this, but sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting there and I know the technology that's there today, and I'm not thinking about the future. I'm just kind of happy where I am. But then if you sit down for a minute, and you go, in ten years, what are we going to have? Or in twenty years, what are we going to have? Yeah. And you think about that, you know, it, it's 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 a, it's a, it's awesome. It's a great it's a great feeling to think that that's just on the horizon. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But like you say, you know, in terms of hardware, you know, overall, I'm very happy with what we have now. Now on the market you know quest 2 is great uh valve index is great hp reverb yeah. is great for for you know sim sim races if you if you want that kind of content if you love yeah. that kind of content um what we do really need is more games right now I, I think we all agree with that across the board but it was just fun to just try something a bit different that's fun yeah well, that's cool thanks for sharing nice. that so that is yeah. our hands-on with some uh unique vr hardware uh now it's time to pass over to zim for some game releases because we are getting some game releases so we have got some games to look forward to uh next we week we do so yeah, as I was it. saying to the guys, I think what we've got coming at us is, uh, and I do anticipate 2021, 
we're going to get a bit of a drip feed month by month. I think that's what's going to happen. If I was to forecast what's coming at us. But <laughs> let me tell you about a couple of jams and some other titles uh, that we've got coming our way. This first one is going to surprise some of you. You're going to be like, what the hell is this in? But there's a topic behind it. So just uh, bear with me. This is called Paper Jam. Uh, it's a PC VR game that launched uh, just on the 1st of April. And it wasn't an April Fool's Day joke. So for $6 or £5 uh, from T-Monster Games, the studio behind My Nuclear Octopus and Axe Throw VR brings you a um, anagram-based high-score game on a timer. So I haven't seen these in a while, actually. This kind of um, uh, letter-based word game in VR. There, there used to be typing games and things like that. Uh, but if you like Scrabble or Boggle, you know, classic board games that are based on words, the basic premise of this is uh, you've got a bunch of robots and you need to give them a word per book. You have a bunch of letters that appear in front of you. And with motion controllers, you punch out the letters uh, to kind of finish off the word. And it's based on a timer. So uh, you are working away at this and the robots are coming in and out of this old bookstore sometime in the future. Um, so it, it's very simple in terms of its gameplay loop. It's a fiver, so you know it's not the most ex extensive kind of game. Uh, there is a scoreboard uh, globally, I understand, and a small campaign, but that's basically the kind of gameplay you're going to get. The thing I was wanted to ask here and, and kind of just have a bit of a roundtable discussion about is this kind of game uh, reminds me of things like, for example, The Typing of the Dead, which was like a, a first-person shooter light gun style typing game, which would help you uh, learn to type. And these days, I mean, I, I would say that for my kids, for example, it's a more important skill to kind of know how to type and interact with a computer than it is how to write on a piece of paper, because this is what we're using all the time. Um, and then the second game that came out recently was a game called The Texorcist, uh, the story of Ray Roy Bibia, which was basically an exorcism game, exorcism, that is, uh, and bullet hell combined with like typing. You type words out and you defeat demons. I want to know why we don't have something like this in VR. There was a game back with the DK1, I remember clearly, um, where you would be you'd be typing on the keyboard and you'd be kind of you'd be battling on this little computer screen, and it was really good. And why? Because you have a headset on, you can't cheat. You you know, there's no more of the covering your hands with a towel or whatever. I don't know if you guys did. Did you guys get to like typing lessons in school or anything yeah. like that? Is this something that you had to go through in your lives? So I, I yeah, definitely I, played Typing of the Dead. You know, I love that game. You know, I thought it was a genius idea for helping people to learn how to touch type by playing an awesome arcade shooter. Um, like it beats Mavis Beacon, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. I can't, I can't see it applying really to uh, to VR because we d we haven't got our keyboards in VR just yet. Although I know that Oculus are working on like you know being able to track keyboards, and I'm sure that won't uh, be too long until we're doing that. But with something like this, I just think it's great for kids. You know, as a learning tool, I think it's you know increase their Maybe vocabulary. Spell. And yeah, that's also a spell. thing, like VR isn't officially for kids yet, so that's also why we haven't seen something like this in mm. the store. But this you know? is but this is for like like so I certainly don't look at this as a kids thing. I look no, at this no. as a, a word game fan okay. uh genre that is is lacking. And Mike, the point I'm making is not that you would be able to see the keyboard in VR. In fact, it's an advantage that you can't see the keyboard. You mm -hmm. don't need it, is the point. Like if you're if you're learning to type fingers on the home row and away. You're just supposed to kind of pound it out and mm. figure figure out the location of the keys, which is why I'm wondering why we don't have like an indie studio just pop up and make something that would be quite interesting with that because well, you could do all kinds of stuff in your periphery. Well, maybe maybe the the new Splinter Cell game is going to be just that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this well, kind of reminds me of? It reminds yeah. me of playing Boggle with Nathy, you know? Boggle? Because, like, oh. you know, spelling out the words. 
That's what yeah, it reminds yeah. me of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Boggler Scrabble fans, that would be yeah. one. So I thought I'd just mention that one. That was the only game I thought was worth uh, highlighting from the 1st of April. Let's move on to another one. Uh, so again, another, um, I'll say, timer-based game. This one's called Swarm. Uh, so this one is a fast-paced arcade-style grapple shooter uh, with quick sessions. Uh, this one reminds me of actually playing like Windlands 2 in the first boss where you're swinging around and... Um, uh, with, with with your grappling hook and, mm-hmm. and, and shooting. And this is basically a game designed kind of solely around that uh, premise. This is for Rift and Quest. Okay, Steam is Steam uh, release is coming this summer. Uh, and on, as of the 8th of April, Green Sky Games has dropped, um, again, this you're, you're plunged right into quite a pretty visual. It's cel-shaded graphics, and you're grappling off of a variety of, of um, grapple points. Um, one thing I would say is that games like this that are intense, uh, demanding, you know, and mm-hmm. um, one for the FPS fans. There's a game like this, actually, that uh, I, I managed to play this week called Battle Arena VR. Uh, that's free uh, over on uh, AppLab.Games, for example, if you want it. So Spider-Man multiplayer. Uh, it's a bit of a rough indie. And this is certainly more polished than that. But if you can't wait a couple of days for Swarm to come out, I would say go check that out with a couple of buddies, and that would be good fun. To, uh, to this me, one this, is... this game just really shows that, you know, Spider-Man in VR would work. Like, it would definitely mm-hmm. work. If you see this oh. gameplay, then oh. I go like, oh, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, well... I loved uh, so... Winland, so I'm looking forward to giving this one a bash. Yeah, Swarm. So, again, simple premise, uh, but hey, we'll, we'll take them if they'll give them to us, so I'll be glad yeah. about that. I didn't mention any of the backstory because... You're shooting and swinging. You don't need to know much anymore than that. <laughs> All right. Just like the next game. I love with these games, like they, they come up with a game design and then they, they ex- try to explain why the game exists. It's like, you know, sometimes the story just makes no sense. The next one is no different, okay, uh, which is Traffic Jams. Some of us m- might remember when Kaz and Cherry featured wait, in the um, original wait, tra- trailer wait, wait, for this. But that, that didn't come out yet? Uh, so this is so traffic <laughs> jams came out like a long yeah, yeah, time yeah. ago. This is, this is that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. this was out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so this exactly. is actually this is actually landing for PC VR Quest and Rift uh, on the eighth of. So, so that was a very early sneak peek. That like a two very year sneak peek. peek. I think what happened is they yeah. uh, decided to polish it up. It certainly looks a lot prettier in the launch in the launch trailer. And uh, now that we've got an official release date for it, what? is Traffic Jams. Uh, Traffic Jams is basically a game where you are going to become the world's best traffic controller uh, around a couple of um, iconic cities and different game dynamics in each of those cities. This is the first of its type that I've seen. I certainly have not played a, uh, a traffic controller game before, but you step on those crossroads and you gotta keep uh, traffic flowing. There's cars, there's asteroids, there's a whole bunch of different things, giant dinosaurs, that type of thing. And uh, the kicker for this is that along with dealing with uh, monsters and buzzing traffic and those road ragers around you, um, is there's a multiplayer element uh, which is asymmetrical. So you can have four non-VR players join you via mobile devices mm. uh, in their couch party mode. I think that's the, probably the most interesting part of the game for yeah, me. That I think if fun. I sat down and wanted to play this on my own, I'd kind of be like, eh, all right, maybe. But um, t- thinking about doing, you know, we could do an F-Reality thing and <laughs> we could have three people on mobile phones it, and one person it, trying it, to direct traffic. F-Reality Adventures in Amsterdam. Adventures in Amsterdam. <laughs> that sounds like that. something they do, completely like, different. New York, Tokyo, <laughs> Amsterdam, you know. Yeah. Anyway. So that's Traffic Jams, um, which is coming out 8th of April. And that's from Little Chicken Game Company. That's nice. a great name for a studio. 
Two more, I've got a couple of mentions here for you as well. So um, for those who've been keeping an eye on Population 1, uh, there is a new very bizarre feature coming out. Uh, it is no longer Population 1, it's Population 18. As 18 player private matches are now out for a limited time, very limited time and only until April 5th. But if you've got, with your friends, if you can scramble together $539.82, that's the price of 18 copies of Population <laughs> 1, then you'll be able to get yourself together in a private match. And uh, you and your friends, the closest ones, can play both war and squad modes together. So if you're really itching and you've got enough change for our uh, UK friends, that's 385 mm. pounds to put it in local currency. Um, yeah, still, you, you really still wondering when, they, when they're this. going to put the one in population one, you know? Yeah. I have fucking no idea. I, I think it's well overdue. They must be saving it for something. And for those of you who saw the season two teaser recently, that it might be Western themed, I still can't tell mm -hmm. if that was actually no, a so, yeah, uh, April, April Fool's. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> they, well, the they thing, loaded it. Yeah, the, the thing is, like, as long as the numbers are good, you don't really have to do anything. And if they drop to a certain threshold... Then you're releasing a new update. Like you have seen this with them. Like sometimes nothing really happens for a while, and then suddenly it spikes again. I have a feeling it's it's all about the numbers for them, and when they then update. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's so strange that they haven't landed solos yeah. yet in Pop well. One. It is bizarre. But they keep going the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> Having know? more players. We had the war mode yeah. with 10v10. Now we've got 18, 18 player private mode. And obviously it's a test for them to see if it's going to land well. Yeah. I think um, for VR streamers in particular, you know, when you... When you have a solo mode, I think it's way more compelling. Do you know what I mean? To see that one person survive and win a whole game. And that's what like that's why people tune into like you know, really good Warzone streamers and, and other sort of battle royale mm -hmm. games like Agreed, Fortnite yeah. streamers, because they're rooting for that one person to win the whole game. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, when it does eventually drop, it will spawn more Really well, didn't, sort of cool wasn't VR there streamers a, like there. A, a wave of people streaming it? Like PewDiePie was streaming the game and other people yeah, were did. playing it. I think he uh, unlisted it, though. Like, I can't find that, that stream since. You, you always need to team up with people, you know? Like, especially if you're like someone like PewDiePie or something, you can't just go into the game with like a bunch of randoms because people will like call you out immediately and then you'll just be hunted for the remainder of the game. So it'd yeah, actually yeah. be better, I think, for a solo mode for people like that. Yeah. yeah. But hey, you know they keep experimenting. I am, I am a fan of experimentation. So, uh, sure, yeah. you know, pop one if you want it. Private matches, you got it. Just bring about six hundred dollars with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, in addition to that, again, our little app lab radar. Um, I think last week I mentioned as well, like synth riders and things like mm -hmm. that. So now we've got a nice splash, which is Pavlov. So for those of you who haven't checked out Pavlov yet. Uh, it's great FPS. If you if you want to think of anything, Counter Strike in VR, but with so much more added to that. I mean, they can do basketball. <laughs> they had uh, they had like three thousand players the first day, oh, and then you surprised. and then you wonder why is it still an app lab? Why is it not like app lab is basically early access? But, it should uh, just be hey. on the store, right? Yeah, but it, it's like the, the thing is, app lab is basically early access. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what they kind of call it. But with this game, it's like. Just, just freaking bring it on the store. Even App Lab is not, is not gonna do it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I like it though. Like shoot house, well, zombies, yeah. all these add-ons that nice. they've done. Obviously, the the World War Two stuff that they just added recently. That's not a, in the in the quest build. Um, yeah. But it it does feature five v five social multiplayer. And if you're looking, if you're really itching, 
uh, for a game. Uh, this dropping right now, uh, you know, on on App Lab mm. is is amazing. Yeah. I think it's it's Although, absolutely fantastic. Again, so this like is, this, this this game is, this game is too big for App Lab. Yeah. So I'm gonna say <laughs> so. So there's Pavlov, the PC VR multiplayer game, right, which is paid, mm. and then uh, last year I think around this time. They dropped Pavlov oh, Shack, which mm -hmm. is their mobile version, mm -hmm. but it's pretty darn close. It's got most of the main features. It looks quite similar. Um, Rowdy would be more of a more of a aware of more of an expert in this than uh, than I am. But I think the main thing right now that's missing is some of the new maps and updates that they brought to PC. Visuals are obviously cut down, and that's about all I can think of. Anything else that's uh, in terms of the modes that you think is missing from the PC version, Rob? Well, PC has, of course, the modding scene behind that, huh? with like all those like oh, custom-made yeah. maps and like the TTT modes and you know a lot TTT, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that those particularly. I mean, they add to the game, but they don't make the game per se better for a lot of people. Like uh, a lot of kids go and play those kind of modes, of course, uh, especially the <laughs> TTT ones. Do you know who we got to blame for that? You're fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but one thing that was really cool was that the devs kind of gave us a little sneak peek and told us that Pavlov is actually going to be one of the uh, games coming to PSVR 2. So they've already yeah. confirmed that they're yeah. working on that yeah. port, which is going to be really great. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the thing is that that's the perfect uh, that's the perfect community to receive a game like Pavlov. Yeah. No, that, that'll, that'll echo well. So that was releases for this week. So we got Paper Jam, which was the typing one, uh, Swarm VR, Traffic Jams, Pop one and Pavlov Shack Beta. Lots of gems. Strawberry jam. Lab. Gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of gems this week. <laughs> Mushroom <laughs> jam. Go watch Spaceballs. Right. Yeah. That's me. We've been Zim jammed. Um, so if you've got any questions, maybe you can uh, ask us a question, anything about what we've spoken about today or anything about VR in general. You can ask us now in the chat while I so, sort of recap the show times. Go on. One more thing. So you said Spaceball. So I don't know if you guys watched this new Space Jam trailer that came out today, Space no. Jam 2. And it's what? so weird if you watch Are you it. Serious? it it's Space like Jam. you're watching Ready Player One. And it's made by Warner uh, Brothers. So it's the same studio. But it's like they, they use certain assets from, from Ready Player One and they combine it with Space Jam. I'm serious. If you watch it, you're going to agree. Okay, I'll check 100%. it out. 100%. Did they bring R. Yeah. Kelly yeah. back? No, they did bring back uh, the Iron Giants. Oh, I think R. Kelly's yeah. in prison now, I think. But yeah, okay. that, was, that was just a stupid joke. Anyway, um, so just a reminder, if you've got any questions, uh, now's the time. So this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. Also check out the audio version, which Rowdy does an excellent job on to make sure it sounds beautiful for your ears. And that's available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. Hit the like button if you've enjoyed today's stream and subscribe to the channel for all our future VR podcasts as well. Uh, has Good. anyone heard any news on Decagear? Zarundo asks. Um, mm. So it's still in the works. I think it's Q3 this year they're looking for release. They've yeah. recently closed off the pre-orders, so you can no longer pre-order at the moment. I think they've got them, you know, maxed out their allocation of uh, hardware. I think it was on last week's show I talked about the Deca Move, yes. was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was like their hip tracking module, which I was really impressed with. So if you want to go and check that out, listen out to the end of last week's show. Uh, but I think the general consensus, or well, certainly from me anyway, about Deca Gear is that I was very skeptical at first. 
I am still skeptical, but more on the optimistic side now, having tried the Decker move. I, d uh, I don't think that Q3 is a re realistic time frame, though. I think that was probably before COVID that they had that as a as a time frame. Oh but... no, I think Q3 is the pushback. Uh, it was oh, okay, previously earlier than that. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Then. Hmm. Yes. Uh, another question. Uh, Happy if you, Easter. Good one, yeah. If you play Pop 1 in squad mode, which members would you ditch out of the four of us? <laughs> Pop 1 in squad mode. I would... Hmm. Uh, I, okay, I'm going to say Nathie only because of his singing. <laughs> because he sings while he plays. Banana phone. Banana phone. He, he sings Banana phone. He sings... What's that other song but, hey, he was singing? Hey, if you want to have someone no, 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 in the your Mary squad... Pop, no, the Mary Poppins song, oh, what was it? Jim Chimney, Jim Chimney. There we go. That's I would 100% dump Sim just because he goes for the coins. <laughs> Back when they had coins. <laughs> <laughs> he holds okay, those coins, that, man. That, yeah. Years of Mario. But no, I, I know who I would dump. I would dump myself because I'm no longer really into Pop 1. <laughs> oh. I would just be, let these guys play. Oh. I, I, just, I, I want them to just like... Bring a new map out or something. Yeah. Is that map I'm yeah, sick of it now. New, uh, and you can't just yeah. make <laughs> rock structures across the map and call it an update. <laughs> yeah. Like I get it. Like the I'll have to say that the um, uh, the part where they did all the stray the maze in the in the in the labyrinth mm. kind of oh, straw bales yeah. that was interesting. Uh, interesting insofar as I knew that if you go in there you die. But uh, after that I was kind of like I was kind of done with their updates. Um, I don't know. I. I hope that it can come back because I like these kind yeah, of... Yeah, so you're a hater, so games. you're going to get out of my squad because you're a hater of the game. <laughs> but on the other yeah. side, then uh, you can charge your headset in a meanwhile so we can play some walkabout afterwards. Oh, uh, uh, it's all about the walkabout mini You, you yeah, can dub me for that one. I'm not really into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned that last week, but I'll mention it for the viewers. Um, that new space map is absolutely... Tethys Station is my new favorite map. It they The devs did an incredible job. Mighty Coconut did a great job. At, at making a, a, a map really feel transformative from the beginning to the end. Mm. Like you start off and you're like, ah, oh, it's a little bit dim and it's, it's in space and all this. I won't say anything more. There are some amazing bits of that map. So if you're if you're a golf fan, go Damn back. Damn you, Zim. You get me hyped to try out, out the new golf. maps. You have, to, you have to try it. Okay. It is the okay, best map okay. they have put out. Um, another question from Welsh, uh, Welsh Saucy asks, Gang V looks like a lot of fun. Uh, have we played it yet? Oh, Gang V. Gang V, oh, yeah, man. not yet. No, I, uh, it's interesting. I think it's invite only, and it's um, but they're in yeah, they're in alpha or whatever now. So it looks it, isn't suspect. Looks um, <laughs> Star Wars pinball coming soon as well. Very end, end of this Star month. Wars pinball end of this month twenty fourth. Uh, yeah. Star Wars uh, pinball uh, stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm looking pinball. forward to that one. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna like when you're gonna play the pinball stuff and you play the Mandalorian one, it's just gonna hurt because. It, it just reminds you of uh, the Galaxy's Edge game, part so, one. So and you're so, like, no. So maybe this is a good question for us all. What, is there a game that you're really looking forward to? Um, um, I can start if you want. It sure. was Cosmodread. I'm kind of... I think it's my so wish good. list has been emptied. It's so like, good. Like, that was the one... Yeah, and, and unlike you, Mike, I will be revisiting that, I think. Have you because, finished it? Again, not yet. No. I, I, the thing is, when I, I don't like, you guys probably know this about me, but I don't like release week because everyone smashes the same game. And it's like, I, I don't, I'm not helping the devs by also showing that game. So oh, we, I'd rather wait we, and okay. like finish it or, or we know you it, first I'm, spend like five hours in the menu, then you spend another five hours <laughs> in the settings. And from there you start playing yeah, it. Yeah. That's yeah. right. 10 hours is where we start. So for me, um, I'm really looking forward to Demio. 
from Resolution Games. Okay. Yeah, that looks interesting. So uh, the reason why, and I think we talked about this on a previous show, was like, uh, you know, genres that don't get represented well in VR. And I think, you know, that tabletop style gameplay works so well in VR, but is very underused. Yeah. We saw it in like Brass Tactics, for example, incredibly uh, implementing incredibly well. Yeah. Um, but That's this being... Like a D and D style adventure, and plus you can play it cooperatively with your friends, so it's like a kind of social hangout as well. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. So, mm. I would hopefully really we like get... like some some RTS stuff just in general as well, and like mm -hmm. tabletop tabletop format. I would really appreciate that. Like Command I and Conquer in VR. Yeah, or Age of Empires, yeah. or like you know, like all of those like RTS games. That I'm I'm a huge RTS fan, so it's. Uh, like, like, I feel that drama is a little bit underrepresented in, in VR as well. We have, like, mm -hmm. Brass Tactics, which you can consider to be an RTS game. Uh, but, like, yeah. Like all, I never like forget where I got, I, got, I got destroyed by Cass and Cherry with, with their dragons oh. in, like, a yeah. proper tournament. I, same oh, here, yeah. a reality check took me out. But for, I, for I me, think, oh, go ahead, Sim, sorry. I'm just going to say, um, there's a game that I'm hopeful for. So, um, Rocketworks, the guys, it was originally Dean Hall who made DayZ and... We went through a couple of cycles. There's a new game that they've been working on, and they did produce a VR game previously. Um, and I'm hoping their new game, they, although they haven't teased anything to this, that would that would have VR support. And Ooh. the new game is called Icarus. Um, and the the basic loop is is very simple. It is a survival game, and you start off on a space station, and you jettison down to a planet that's just been recently terraformed, and you have to scavenge, survive, and try to collect stuff, make it back to the pod before a timer runs out, and jettison off. And you, you do this on repeat, but it's permanent. So your character stays alive, and you gather resources and all that, but if you ever die on one of these runs, you don't make it back, you lose everything. And so it, it, it just really is interesting to me. Wow. It's very much like the Daisy loop where you go in, you've got a persistent character, you feel your character, you feel your story, very transformative gameplay. Yep. I've been wanting anything, anything down the bloodline of like Daisy survival, punishing survival in in, in yeah, VR multiplayer. Yeah. And we haven't gotten it yet, so no. that's what I want. And so I've got a wish that Icarus will bring VR support well, this year. You know that that Green Hell game seems to be promising too, but we still have to see if that's actually going to True. pull uh, its tricks. You know. Yeah. Uh, True. We all know what like game uh, Nathie's hyped for, don't we? Uh, Ape Escape uh, Four, mm -hmm. uh, Alien Makeout Simulator Two. <laughs> finally finally i've been waiting for that yeah, yeah. okay well that's a, a good place to end the show so i hope you've enjoyed it thank you for joining us this week uh, and if you're listening to the audio version we appreciate you all too we'll of course be back next week at the usual time so have a great week in vr take care of yourselves and have a bye for now